Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bagman Broadcast, episode number 298. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list. The comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April 20th, 2016. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're taking a look back at some of the books that came out in March with our monthly look back. Uh, today we've got Black Widow number one, Haunted Mansion number one, Mockingbird number one, and Baker Street Peculiar. I, I can't say that. Baker Street Peculiars. How do you say that word? Peculiars. Peculiar. Number one. I got, you it. got it. You got Third it. Third try. Yeah. Third try, everyone. I did it. Yay! Man, messed that up so much you think I'd be drinking or something. You know, I have a hard time with synonyms. I really have to think about that. Synonyms. Synonyms. And also yeah. uh, the the respiratory disease that people get. Uh, Mononia. I can't say it ever. I have a problem. I have to slow it down. Synthesizer. 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 I don't have a hard time with it. I do. That S-Y blah 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 blah. really gets me. System? Uh, also... Thesaurus. So you have to, I have to stop and work that tongue really mm. mentally. I really need to practice saying peculiar. 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 And peculiar. And we always warm up our tongues by uh, drinking and drinking beer. Uh, John and I, to start off with, this intrigued me. This was Dark Horse, who's hit or miss. And by hit or miss, I mean their miss and then maybe sometime as a hit. Uh, this is their Scotty Karate Scotch Ale Bourbon Barrel Aged. Uh, this is their 10th anniversary of their Scotch Ale. Uh, and it's a 9.7 alcohol by volume, so I didn't feel like I should age it at all because it was under 10%. And I'm glad that I didn't uh, buy two bottles or more than the one because this would not age well. No, and this is coming to you at the same price point as KBS. Mm-hmm. Um, this is their vintage 2015 bottle, um, their 10th anniversary Scotch Ale. Um, it's not bad. I don't get that bourbon though. I get it after the aftertaste, you know, a little bit of that oaky vanilla taste, but it's also get that kind of caramel from mm-hmm. the Scotch ale, real watery. Yeah, I love Scotch ales too, so I'm like, oh, cool. It's not a stout aged in bourbon. This is a Scotch ale. I enjoy Scotch ales. Claymore from Great Divide, one of my favorites. Uh, Backwoods Bastard is my favorite beer of all time. And yeah, that's, that's a Scotch ale. Great Scotch ale. Oh, no wonder I like it so much. <laughs> I always thought it was a barley wine, and I'm like, oh, this is a great barley wine. See, I should... Yeah, it's, it's a... their dirty bastard, oh. aged in bourbon. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, this is... It's not worth the point. It's mm. not worth the price point at all. Yep. Um, buy dirty bastard. Buy backwards bastard. <laughs> each and every time. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Or less money. Uh, That's just a great beer in general. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I don't know, there's really nothing much. I mean, even, like, looking at this beer, it's it's uh, brown, but it's, like, translucent. Like, mm-hmm. around the edges of the beer, where the little bit of foam is, it's, like, colorless. Mm-hmm. It's watery. It's, yeah, I think you're exactly right. This is Backwoods Bastard, now that I'm thinking about it. Just turned watered down. down. Turned down, yeah. Yeah, just watered down, like... Oh guys, I only this is a really great beer, but I only got like a splash left here. Let's let's divvy it amongst ourselves and let's just pour some water in there because you know you can you can put water in scotch forever, right? And it doesn't matter. 
You know, that's what you do with scotch. So well, it'll be the same, right? It's a scotch ale. It's, it's wrong thinking is what happened. Uh I've been drinking scotch for like ten years. It's never like you, never you can put just a, keep adding water to just it. Put a splash of water in. You put a splash of water when you start mm-hmm. to tone it down instead of using ice cubes because yeah. using ice uh, it, it kills the, your tongue. Yeah. Well, that and it kills the scents in the in mm. the awesome. scotch. So I think somebody tried that with Backwards Bastard and ended up with Scott <laughs> Scotty Karate. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna have enough to bottle as much as we thought. <laughs> Water it down. <laughs> Water it down. I'm just saying. I'm not accusing them of doing that. I'm just saying. You don't blame them if they did. I, I could understand the poor man's the poor man's logic that I could get to in myself myself in trouble with. You know, there. So that makes sense. And I'm not drinking anything today because I drank the beers that I had throughout the week. Um. But the one that I probably would have had first would actually have been the Stone Enjoy by 4 2016. Um, did we have one of these before, or was that something that you guys had, the Enjoy by? We've had Enjoy Buys, I think, on previous yeah. shows. I personally have had the this year's 420. Okay, I, I actually not. enjoy this a lot. Um, it wasn't as overly hoppy as Stone beers usually are. Um, there's a nice like earthy hop on it, almost like a like a grass hop. Yeah, and that's what they're going with the 420. They always try to make it a little more dank, a little more kind of grassy. And I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's something I would probably drink again. I don't know if I'd buy a bottle, but if I saw it like on tap somewhere, which wouldn't exist, I'd be like, oh yeah, give me one of those. If it was just like a regular IPA offering. Can I just ask a question real quick? Because John threw out a word that I, I don't think I know what it means. Dank. I thought dank meant old. Like old, um, moldy, old. You're not far off. It, it tends to be a little bit more like a moist, earthy like it's plant. Not, when you look up dank, use I'm it. I'm looking up dank. Uh, <laughs> use it with pot reference. Okay. Disagreeably damp, musty, and typically cold. Damp, musty, chilly, clammy, moist, wet, unaired, humid. This is it comes from the Scandinavian or uh, the Swedish dank, uh, a marshy spot. It uh, was then brought into the Middle English dank, uh, Middle English probably of the Scandinavian origin and uh, related to Swedish dank, marshy spot. So, uh, man, there you go. It was uh, not mentioned very much. It, it, it was used. You know, mildly during the 1800s, uh, but it had a quick upturn during the uh, early or, or the mid 19 uh, 1900s, and then in 2010 it came back up to peak. It seemed to uh, peak right uh, at like 1990, 1949, and uh, it swung down during the mid-century, and then uh, it swung right back up by 2010. This is all information I got just from typing in dank on Google. This is kind of crazy that it had the nice box. It's an adjective. Uh, yeah, look up dank weed on your Urban Dictionary because oh. that's the like the dank that they're going for with the 420. Like it says like on the bottle oh. that they're going for a dank feeling with this. Dank is slang is a slang word from the San Francisco Bay Area that meant good weed. It's been used for at least around a decade, and it eventually, uh, 
a meme that just means radical cool or neat. Okay. Because it even says, like, on the bottle, like, yeah. dank. They use it in there, like, when mm. they're talking about it. For the 420. Uh, I, 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 yeah, okay. <laughs> wait, 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 what's 420 then? <laughs> uh, gotta look it up on Google, Paul? <laughs> anyway. Ah, it's a cannabis culture. All right. Yeah, I gotta look up stuff. I, I'm not hip with the cool cats. You know, I don't know what the kids are saying. Uh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> it is a good, it is good. Uh, I would be more interested in trying more of the enjoy buys from Stone. Stone's one of those breweries that it's a good brewery, but we steer clear of them because mm-hmm. they're usually way over the top. And the price point's high. And I found that recently they're changing it and making their beers accessible to everybody. See, and that's good. And, I mean, the whole reason I bought this is because they had it behind the counter when I went to go get my KBS last week. Um, So I grabbed this, and I grabbed another limited edition beer, too, just because I was like, hey, you know what? Something to try. And I wasn't let down by it. Like, Mm -hmm. this was good enough that it made me be like, hey, you know what? I would try try more. I think uh, for me, why I steer clear of it, and it's probably not Stone's fault, but they they just have that culture, you know. It, for whatever reason, I I see Stone, you know, with their, you know, with that uh, gargoyle and everything, and, and it makes me think of oh, we're the in your face beer company. They're they're the brewing equivalent of vaping. Well, I was going to say <laughs> of uh, affliction T-shirts. Like they're the, yeah. they're the they're, they're the, the you don't like this beer? That's your problem. problem. Yeah, they're. There's there's the affliction T-shirts of beer. I see it and I'm like, ah, you know what? I don't want to be harassed. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're, they're the bullies of <laughs> the breweries. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm good. You know, I, I mean, might that's not enjoy you, and I don't want an argument. Their flag about it. their flagship beer was arrogant bastard. Yeah, like, but I think they've really kind of turned around to capture. Hey, we make good. People love the IPA on the go. Um, the like delicious IPA, like they're making stuff for the mass public now. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, it's good to stand out and do your own thing, but it's also good to have beers that people want to drink. I mean, I think not to create a whole sub uh, conversation, but I think Dogfish Head's excellent at that too, because they make what they want to make, but it's never anything that's too, too crazy. Well, 120 is pretty crazy. Yeah, but that's pretty. It's crazy good. Yeah, and that's not for your normal drinker. And that's my point is I think a brewery should do one or two, you know, maybe one to five stand out. Like this is this is what we strive for. This is our there are top of the line stuff, and maybe the five are rotation, you know, seasonal, you know, so four seasons, and then one have it all the time out, and it's their standout. And then you do that, you know, stuff that will just keep you selling. That's the evergreen stuff that just sells constantly. But you got the, you got your hardcover books that you're selling, yeah. you know, your top of the line, the premium models, and then you got your everydays, you know. And and I think Southern Tier does that well. You know, they do their uh, back. What is Backwater, Backwater series? Backwater series. I think uh, Founders, Founders does too, it I mean. very well. I, I you know. I think we see that now with the Matt and Finn's lines of beers. So they they're all trying to do it. Flying Bison with their front with their private stash. Saranac with their uh, 
Is it Excelsior series? No, that's Ithaca. Yes, yeah, Ithaca, Ithaca with their Excelsior series, and then uh, Cyrnak has that. those four packs and stuff. Which uh, oh actually, wow, something peak, high peak, high peak, which series. I feel like they're getting away from. Yeah, because they don't sell. Because they're not that. They they're charging the premium for those high peaks, but they're not premium. Yeah, they're just missing. They're just missing the mark. I I like that they try them, but most of the time, I've I think out of the six or seven that I've seen, I've only enjoyed one of them. I, I yeah, where I and wanted a lot to of, go back to it. it I like that. What was it partly cloudy? Yeah. I think that was my favorite. Yeah, and that was a like a Belgian uh, unfiltered Belgian yeah. wheat beer or something yeah. like that, and it was good. But it was a four pack for like seventeen bucks, and it was no, hard. it wasn't that high. It was, was like it a 12? four pack for twelve, twelve ninety nine. Which no, See, I think I think that one I had in like a create your own six pack thing too. Mm. I, I don't think I actually bought, or maybe it was in just a sampler pack. I can't remember now. Yeah, that's high. But I'm always happy to. That's what I would want to see from any kind of brewery. Is like, all right, this is our premium model. This is you know, if you want to pay a little bit more, we're really proud of this beer. Saranac, you need to be a little bit more prideful about your beer and you know, really hold that back before putting this is your high peak. Well they have because that what that what uh what hopped IPA that they were selling as you know a part of their Yeah. What was that that IP Prism was bad. which was an apricot one they put out a couple years ago? Well that was just in their standard. That, no, six that was pack. just a standard six yeah, pack. That was, was really good. good. Yeah. Um they have two beers right now that are out for purchase that are actually brewed and bottled by flying bison, hmm. but they're going out as Saranac beers. Wow. Well, they're the same. They're owned by the same. Yeah, holding. I know, company. but it's yeah. still kind of weird, kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they developed the recipe. Yeah, they're worth it though. Yeah. But uh, what else is worth it? Maybe some news. Yeah, we should get into the show. Man, our uh, beer intros are long. <laughs> so, some newsy things that I'm very much excited for. Um, and I'm going to take full credit for this happening because I talked about it on our last episode. <laughs> Guys, we finally got our Rogue One trailer. Our, uh, hold on, pause, because uh, our beer exploded. Oh. It exploded everywhere. <laughs> it is a mess. And this trailer exploded everywhere. Um, we, we should have been expecting this, and that was kind of why I was talking about it on the last episode, because it seemed like we were due, and I don't want to sound entitled, but movie's coming out in December, so we have to start that hype train up. Uh, I, I I really like it. This, uh, this started that hype train. It, it did. I mm-hmm. like it a lot. I had I watched it like four or five times now. What always surprises me about these trailers that are being released, they release them during the workday, which is annoying to me, but great for everybody else in the freaking office. Because, like, I'm walking around, and people know I'm a giant nerd. I got a Scooby-Doo coffee cup, you know, at work. And my travel mug is a Green Lantern coffee cup, you know, travel mug. So people know. And you look at me, and you're like, look at that nerd. I bet he can't <laughs> run. <laughs> but You said it. You said it. I was, I was going to. I know you were. I had to cut you off. Because I can make insults about me. Uh uh, so can we. <laughs> I know, so can you. Uh, ample we have a pod- we had a podcast of it. <laughs> this whole ep- this whole show is about me. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> but people come up to me like, and it's the middle of the day. It's like two o'clock uh, on a weekday, and people are like, "Paul, did you see that new Rogue One trailer?" And I'm like, "What? No, there's no Rogue One. It just hit. It's online right now." And I'm like, "Don't you guys work?" You should just be like, "I'm working, Paula." <laughs> 
What I'm are working. you doing? I'm working. Don't you see me carrying all this stuff? I'm going to steal your sandwich right now. <laughs> I've got this. I've got this screwdriver in my hand. Do you think sandwiches? I wish they had. I still wish they had uh, carpenter jeans so oh, I could Paul, hold all this Paul. stuff. They still have carpenter jeans. You I'm can buy, buy some. I'm going to buy. Just some. go to Sears. And get uh, look in the dungaree section. When I was when I was looking for pants for the wedding, I was like, "Oh man, look at all <laughs> look at all these carpenter pants." You know who'd love these? And future wife was like, "Your dad?" I'm like, "No, Paul." I go to Sears. Uh, Sears is where I buy my dungarees, sir. Uh, Paul's always talking about how much cargo he has. <laughs> I, I wish. I need. I'm always carrying like a ton of stuff in the office. Like I got a tool tray. I, I got my a, a drill. Bars, I got a, I got a hammer. Legs. I gotta have. I gotta be hands free to steal people's lunches. <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. But yeah, everybody asks me what I think about the trailer. It's in the middle of the workday. Like why? I can't talk about it. So it's like trailers are the new water cooler moments for everybody at work that aren't working. Which I guess is everybody in an office. I don't know. Like, I was at work, and I was like, hey, did you guys see that? And the one guy's like, no. And I'm like, hey, we work for the best grocery store in the world. Like, you should have watched it by now. We're working a grocery store. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, I was at work, too. Um, when I wait for my computer to like load all the programs I need to do things, because I have to jump back and forth between computers sometimes, Like that, I'll just sign on to... Uh, the Facebook quick and just see like, Oh, you know, what's been posted, what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I'm good. Like 30 seconds. And I saw that and I was like, yep, stop the presses. Got to watch this. And I did. And I absolutely love it. Um, big thing for me is people know that I'm a nerd too. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, Oh, so this, this is the next star Wars. And I was like, well, kind of no, it's an earlier one. Which then brings up other questions. I don't think they're doing a really good job of selling when this one actually takes place. Yeah, because it's no longer... You know, like, I was thinking about this. If this was a trailer that was released, like, in the late 90s, we would have gotten, like, the in-the-world guy to think before the events of A New Hope. Yeah. Star Wars brings you a team of rebels before the rebellion. Well, before, you know, the- like, before the Empire establishes themselves and before they, you know. Well, I mean, like, they... Before Ray and Finn. Granted, before. granted, where we have our finger more on the pulse than most people. But the Stormtroopers look different. I think that's one of the reasons why they updated the Stormtrooper outfits. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's that, but then... I even had someone say to me, like, oh, they're doing a Death Star again. It's like, no, that's the same one from the first movie. Like, That's a new is, hope, like, epi- Death Star, yeah. I was like, this is episode 3.5, and as soon as I said that, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. Hashtag, it's a prequel. <laughs> uh, supposedly, the rumors are the next trailer will have Darth Vader in it, though. That's going to be kind of like the big moment from that one, and really the- just to solidify him where in uh, chronology this one's taking place. And the guy that's playing him is the same guy that stole Star-Lord's ear uh, cassette tape. Oh, really? That yeah, be- the guy that's going to be wearing, being wearing in the, the suit. suit. Because, you know... But he's two inches taller than uh, David Proust, the uh, original. Really? Darth Vader. Yeah. Wow. So maybe... I don't know. Digital. <laughs> They'll just digitally shrink I don't think inches. you can really tell on screen, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that both of us are taller than Tom Cruise. What? Yeah. Well, he wears lifts and Stallone. 
Stallone's that short? <laughs> Stallone's shorter than you. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, like this, not only does it look great, but it looks like almost like the Dirty Dozen. Like they're pulling together the team, like they might be the best of the worst kind of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To pull this job off. And um, when Chris and I were just talking, we were just shooting some texts back and forth about this after seeing it. Way to leave me out of the you conversation. You don't have text messaging. That's true. So, there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you could just Facebook well, you know message what? each other. Sometimes we forget to do that because sometimes <laughs> so, we feel sometimes like... we're just having a conversation, too. <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh, man, if we, have, if we just do out like a huge conversation through Messenger... Then somebody feels left out, like they're like, "Hey guys, I haven't seen Batman versus Superman yet. You're spoiling it." I was thinking about copying and pasting all of our talk on that and just putting it up on our Facebook page, like warning spoilers. But if you want to think, see what we thought about the show, like right the movie right after, click click continue. But anyway, so Chris and I are texting, and Chris is just like, "So you know, like they all have to die at the end, right?" And I'm like. Yeah, like it's their dying breath to give mm-hmm. those plans yeah. over. Many and spies die to get us this information. And that's just like my thoughts on it because where this movie's taking place is it's basically sandwiched in between other movies that already exist and we know nothing else of these characters. So I'm just thinking like, well, what's an easy way to introduce them and then have them not really matter? And it's they, they basically need to die. No. Because if at the end of, like, if something happens, then it could be like, well, this throws off canon because why didn't they just call, you know, Shelly McBoo to come back and do this? Well, oh. because she's dead. No, because and when you've got a, elite level spies, you never know what they're doing. Nobody else knows what they're doing except that that team and maybe one or two other people. Because except for Mon Mothma, who's in the trailer, too. Yeah. yeah. Mon Mothma. The spy leader, the the uh, the Washington, the George Washington of the Rebel Rebellion. The other thing too, Rebel is Rebellion. It, that makes sense. It seems like they, and it looks like a lot of um, bounty hunters have been hired to do this. Like you see the one guy taking out the stormtroopers with the staff. Mm-hmm. He's a blind bounty hunter, who they say there's really no Force people in this, but. You're thinking he has to be tied into the force a little bit to be able to be a swordsman and mm-hmm. be blind. Um, the other guy they showed, the other Asian guy with the dreadlocks, like running with a gun, he's supposed to be a bounty hunter. And then Forrest Whitaker, yeah. giving that warlord. Forrest Whitaker looks bad. If you keep, if you keep fighting, what will you become? I don't know. A warrior? Listen, I, I, I think listen, a fighter? Listen to me. I'm a badass bounty hunter. I don't know. Let me check my RPG guide and see what I will level up to. Okay, I'm a fighter now, so I get to choose between either a swordsmith or maybe a dragoon. I don't know. I I, I haven't thought that far ahead in my level progression for uh, well, as, as Whitaker. Whitaker, can I become out, a though, Jedi? Uh, as soon as the trailer came out, though, that's when the internet started collectively losing its shit, though, it's saying, hey, that's got to be Ray's mom. Nah. Yeah, no. Doesn't this, have to be. It's so much stupid. Doesn't have to be. And then even Daisy Ridley came out and was like, just because a character's white and has brown hair doesn't mean it's got to be my mom. Yeah. Well, do we want... The thing is, when you have an epic galaxy of characters and things going on, it's a huge galaxy of, of worlds and characters and people that live in it. Does everybody that we see on screen, do they have to be interconnected? 
I don't think they have to. I mean, we do have some of those connections to the movies we know with Mon Mothma, with, you know, the rumored Darth Vader. Excuse me. I think Force Awakens did a great job of introducing the new while calling back to the old. Yeah. Um, I think it was like the perfect balance of that. I'm okay with seeing what they can do that's like, quote unquote, all new, even though we've seen a lot of this stuff before from episode four. Like, it's it's a prequel to that one. Like it's going to pick up on threads from episode three and episode four. Like yeah. you can't escape that, but I, I'm in, excited for like a fresh look, you know? Yeah. It's called, you know, rogue one, a star Wars story. It's meant to expand the universe. So I don't want it to tie back all into the regular, you know, the star Wars can the regular through line of the star Wars stories. I don't want R2D2 and C3PO showing up because as soon as they show up, they're in that. See, the droids are what matter in the, the R2D2 and C3PO are the through line in all these movies, <coughs> and this one counts. Like, no, it's a Star Wars story. It's a side story. It's a, let's expand the universe by having more characters in there that relate to the, each other, but without needing to relate to everybody else. And, and the other thing Star is, Wars, is there's no Rogue Two. Like, Rogue One is going to be its own standalone thing because the next movie after. Episode eight is like young Han Solo. There's no more room for any more rogue ones. So to kill these people off or have like the one person who hands it over is that one bounty hunter or that one mm-hmm. that one little captain and then it's like How badass is it that you know that uh the Mon- lead character or Mon Mothma basically has to kills the bounty hunters at the yeah, very end. She gives that look that's just like Yep, do it. They order sixty six the bounty hunters that were involved, yeah. and only keep the a lot, you know, the people that are loyal to the rebellion alive. Exactly. To do in the next mission that you'll never know what the next mission was. Like, who's to say or they're not the have, ones that or, figure out that the force move of Endor is where they're building the next star? You know, the star destroyer yeah. that's basically being built in line with this star destroyer or Death Star. <clears throat> I kept on saying star destroyer. That's all right. But yeah, I mean, like you can you can do anything with it. But I'd hate to have like fourteen like endings, like they did in Batman Superman, you know. And it's like, oh, she hands over the things. Then they flash forward and they show that they did something else to get the plans for that. Mm-hmm. Well, then is that a sequel? No, it's not on the docket. Like mm-hmm. they have they have to die at the end. But anyways, let's move on to more news because this is just a main topic for us to keep <laughs> talking about. Yep. Uh, hey, we we have, we have so many years worth of Star Wars stuff to talk about. Why not? Uh, and just hitting just uh, one last little bit of Star Wars thing. Um, aid, aid. Ed- <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get away from Star Wars. More Star, Star Wars universe. Aid Edmondson, uh, comedic actor who I know from the Young Ones, uh, who played Vivian on that, has uh, won a role in Episode Eight after impressing J.J. Abrams and Rian Johnson. Um, it's a role that he actually, the comedian actually went out really hard for and impressed them so much that they were like, oh yeah, this guy nailed it. Like, you're gonna, uh, you're really I'm gonna be surprised, like, what this guy is gonna do. Well, am I gonna be surprised? Because comedic actors can get dark. And dark as shit. You know, uh, one hour photo. <laughs> uh, what are some other ones where, uh, you know, comedic actors just, like, turn the page and they're just like, menacing and cruel and just mean 
The yeah. cable guy. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was scary. Jim. Jim Carrey had his scariest, other than the Riddler bulge. The mask. <laughs> um. No, the, <laughs> the Riddler bulge no. was pretty scary. People always go back to David Bowie in the in the Labyrinth. Labyrinth. But, man, that Riddler bulge. Because he thrusts it forward, too, a lot in that movie. And it's just like, that is a weapon, sir? You put that away. Uh, Chris, I really wanted to use the line, no, that was Eric Stoltz. But I was like, mm, maybe I'll hold back on that joke when you said the mask. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm I'm looking forward to that. He's a character actor, that comedian that I've always loved since I was a little teenager. He's yeah, I, uh, I've seen the Young Omens, actually, and that's all just because of you, like... You had the DVDs or VHS tapes. I don't even remember what it was at that point. Uh, I had both. Uh, that we watched. Okay. Um, no, I'm I'm just excited for more Star Wars anything at this point now. Like, The Force Awakens sold me on it. Like, I was looking forward to it because it was Star Wars. Now I'm excited because it's a, it's a brand new story. Um, all of it. And it's... If The Force Awakens is any indicator of the quality and care that they're going into everything with... I think that's great. Now, we, are you excited for more possible news from uh, something we only got like 2.8 seconds of in a trailer? And that is Spider-Man. Yes. Yes, I am. Because Sony announced uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and it's rumored that the villain, one of the villains, apparently there's going to be this the Sinister Six, uh, Michael no. Keaton. Yeah, they're going to do the Sinister Six again. They might do the Sinister Six again. Well, Marvel's doing it, so yeah. it won't be. Well, Marvel will help doing it. That's right. Uh, I, Marvel helping do something is just them sitting there with a rolled up newspaper that was somebody's <laughs> like, and let's do this. Marvel like no, and just whacking them in the nose. Pretty much. This is all like a. It's just a really big trick because they stole. Uh, What's his name away from doing... Uh, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> no, they stole... Um, Sony stole... Uh, what's his name? Who is going to be doing um, the Daredevil series from... Um, Charlie Buffy, Cox? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the showrunner. Oh! Oh, what's his name? name? Not just... I, I know him. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because they hired him to do the Secret Six movie. Oh. I can't think of his yeah, name. Yeah, I'm blanking on Chris, his you name. love this he's, guy. I know, he's one of the... The inner Joss Whedon circle. It's, yeah. it's like him. Oh, David Greenwald. No. Wait, was it David Greenwald? No. no. He, he also did a Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm terrible with names I'm today. It's not happening. What's horrible is DC had every shot at doing so well, too. You know, They had Joss Whedon signed on to do Wonder Woman movie. Let him go. He goes off and does Avengers. They had Ryan Reynolds in a, the Green Lantern movie. And just wasted him. And then he goes off and does Daredevil. Or uh, Deadpool. Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard. Yes, thank you. I was just vamping. I know you were. Thank you. You're That's welcome. why I was... Oh, he's done. He took a pause. I'm like, I can throw no, no, I just was eyes locked with you when you're ready. <laughs> Drew Goddard. Okay, Drew cool. Goddard. Because I could have vamped more. Because he stole him from Daredevil to do Secret Six, and then that movie tanked, and then Drew Goddard's like, I made a poor decision. Why would I go with Sony? Never uh, go with Sony. That's what we've learned. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, uh, yeah, Michael No, Keaton. Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, looking forward to the fact that it's a Marvel co-produced feature. And possibly we 
having Michael Keaton in it as one of the villains. Uh, and we said this off screen, but I'm really hoping it's not for Osborne. It's not for another Green Goblin. Yeah, but you just want to see him back in the Birdman costume as Vulture. <laughs> He's, I mean, he looks old enough to be that. <laughs> yeah. And they already have Kingpin. Like, I'm, you, you're trying to think, and like, ooh, is, what, Silver Sable's father, who's the spy or whatever? Probably not going to happen. Vulture's I, the only I, one that really fits. I think Green Goblin is kind of in that same territory for me now that seeing Bruce Wayne lose his parents or having Uncle Ben <laughs> die, like... It keeps happening. I don't need to see it, even though movies or comic books even continue to want to show me that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's move on from Norman Osborn now. Like, let's get some fresh blood in there because we keep circling back to the Osborns, and it keeps not working out. Right, right. And I mean, it's not because of them as villains, more so like just the vehicles that they're being delivered in. But let's let's try something different. Let's try something fresh. Well, especially, I mean, like, Willem Dafoe was a great Norman Osborn, great Green Goblin, going crazy. He was like, over the top. He's, I mean, he's over the top. That's why you hire uh-huh. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but they played it out with, uh, you know, Harry becoming the Green Goblin again and chasing mm-hmm. down Spider-Man. And then with Spider-Man 2, with that Harry Osborn and that Norman I still haven't Osborn. Seen, I still haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because I've heard the, the more about the more it. I get away from having seen it, it's just you think back and you're like, nah, nobody really has to see that movie. Yeah, I, I was pretty put see, off by the end of the Amazing Spider-Man. I liked Amazing Spider-Man one up until like the last fifteen minutes of it, and it was Amazing just like, Spider-Man two. I didn't dislike it, but it was definitely a case of you could see them just trying to stuff so much into it that it started to break apart at the seams. Mm, much like Superman Returns. Exactly. Or not Superman Returns. Or uh, ba- Batman Superman. Batman Superman. Superman did and, return in that movie, I'm just saying. He returned uh, I'm also Man looking State. forward to another Marvel-produced movie, and this is Doctor oh. Strange, because we got our first actual look at Benedict Cumberbatch, not just in a picture, but mm-hmm. in action. Yes. Well, not as Doctor Strange, though. Except if you count Doctor Strange walking upstairs. Uh, I count that. And also you see, like, astral projection stuff with him and the ancient one. That's that's cool. I'm glad that this movie's kind of reaching deep, and it does seem like it's going to be going as crazy as they can go with Doctor Strange. Yeah, but it's a lot like dream sequences. <laughs> and it's kind of like getting into dreams within dreams, you know, and just... I don't know. It's, it harkens back a lot to Inception. They stole that from Inception. So, Paul, no, did, no I'm do just, you already hate this, or are you just saying it because I said that you would say that? <laughs> I'm saying it because you said I would say it. Sometimes I have to be the but character I that I portray that would say, would as myself. That? Probably not. See, I probably would have because it's it's so it's so apparent. Like it's an easy way to show how crazy things are when you're in. Alternate realms or dimensions, whatever they wind up doing with it. Well, but I man, thought, this this movie looks really cool. I thought they were with that uh, montage where there's the three cities kind of collapsing and folding upon themselves. It, it, the over the dialogue over at the top is there's you you live in one reality, but there are many more. So it's that showing of where you can find cross points where all these realities merge, these nexuses and 
the Sanctum Centaurum is one of those nexus points where they all merge and cross, and that's why his headquarters is there. So yeah, it's it's easy it's easy visual shorthand that we have now. Just like how super speed bullet time was the visual medium to show like a guy moving really fast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like one of the things that like talking to people who are in the know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, looks awesome. Looks great. Like oh man, they're doing everything right. I sat down and made my uh, future wife and future mother-in-law watch it, and then at the end of it, I'm like. Right, and they're like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Who, what is this? Yeah, yeah. Because you, you're looking at it, he's in a, he's drowning in a car, and he, there's no real talk. He, there's talk yeah. that he saved lives, but did they even mention mess, uh, mention he was a surgeon? No, only no. because he washed his hands yeah. with like he was doing magic. Did you see that? Like he's like really like finessing his hands underneath the water. That was the one thing in the trailer that I was like, hmm, that's kind of stupid. Uh, and then he, he's with the ancient one, and the ancient one punches him, and then his soul's out of his body for a little bit. But you don't know what that is. And you know, as a person that doesn't believe in the chakras <laughs> and the magics. You know, as Doctor Strange was saying, uh, over in the voiceover, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, those are just words that, unless you kind of are a little bit into the mysticism of the comic books, or into mysticism a, a little bit at all, like, you, what the hell is a chakra? You know, unless you're an Avatar: The Last Airbender fan, uh, would you know what a chakra is? No, but this teaser trailer is for you and me and Chris. <laughs> This isn't for, like, it's not for the whole world. It's yeah, not yeah. for the people. This isn't going to be played in front of the next big Disney movie. Well, I, I think this is more there to catch people's attention, too. Like, because, yeah, we have that that foot in the door already. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this is a Marvel movie that's very different from everything else that we've seen before, I think that's kind of the hook for this one until we get the actual trailer trailer. But remember that, the... Oh, sorry. that That's him, like... You know, as a surgeon, like, talking about how he was the best at what he was, you know. And then we find out about everything else that Doctor Strange is. But the first teaser trailer, because, Chris, what you were saying, like, all of last week, like, yeah, last episode, not last week, because it's not episode. uh, You were saying, hey, by this time, we had the first um, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. That teaser trailer, the Unga Chaka. And... John came on to the show and been like, no, this movie's going to be huge. <laughs> the, the, the most download, this song has been downloaded the most since ever, you know, off of yeah. iTunes. Like, this song, everybody's asking questions about it. So hearing that people aren't, uh, imme- people were immediately attached to Guardians of the Galaxy because of that song and because they could wrap their hand around, oh, a bunch of just slackers just trying to save the world. But that was, it told a story throughout that was a full trailer mm-hmm. where this is considered a teaser trailer this isn't a trailer but trailer. wasn't that Unga Chaka the the first trailer we got but it, yeah but now they have these things called teaser trailers. well they had teaser trailers back then too but it wasn't that the teaser trailer like what was the teaser trailer for guardians then wasn't I, it the I Unga Chaka? They had, no like the Unga Chaka was the trailer trailer okay and we might have had a smaller version of that that was online but the 
the general public is not going to be hunting down to see that teaser trailer. Okay. This is the teaser trailer you had to look online or find it on somebody's Facebook thread or that that you would be like, Dr. Dr. This is a long teaser trailer, though. This it is, is, but it's not... There's definitely this something. Isn't, there's this definitely, is Invader breathing at the end of episode uh, of the teaser trailer for episode one. This is not something that totally is for the main public. This is something that is for you or me. That you mm-hmm. see everything you want to see. You want to see his hands messed up. You want to see the car mm-hmm. crash. You want to see him with the because we know that one. story exactly. So this and that doesn't tell you anything about this character. Your next mm-hmm. trailer is going to let you know. What this movie is about? Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I, 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 maybe because I'm just not remembering that first Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, that I'm a little bit more nervous for Doctor Strange now because. Well, but, I think uh, Guardians- see how nervous were we about Guardians of the Galaxy too, though, when they announced that they were doing that? You guys were sold on it, and I'm like, if they can pull this off, then whatever they do, Ant Man, fine, whatever. Yeah, they'll but that, do no that's wrong. kind of how Marvel's been with everything, though. Even going back to Iron Man, when they announced that, hey, we're making an Iron Man movie, general buzz was, well, people don't know who Iron Man is. This movie's not going to perform, and here we are now, thirteen full length films later. And they're not they're not slowing down. Yeah, but with Iron Man, all you needed to say is he's Batman, but has fun being him. <laughs> but they didn't say that. Uh, that's what I always said. Like when hey, people ask me who Iron Man was, I'm like, he's Batman, but has fun. <laughs> but he doesn't. Loves I mean, it. you think about Iron Man two. Mm-hmm. He's dying ha- most of that movie. Yeah, well, he's slowly dying. That movie was slowly dying. A- episode setting up Shield or. Uh, Iron Avengers. Man, Iron Man three. Yeah, he's not having too much fun. He's having a little bit of fun, yeah, but yeah. he's not having. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun. Yeah, it's a fun. Yeah, it's fun yeah, for the most part. It's fun. Civil War. He has a lot more fun than Batman does. No, Batman's the, always the grumpy. General, the general concern with Iron Man, though, was people don't know who this character is. They're not going to go out to see it. It's not a Batman. It's not a mm-hmm. Spider Man. Like he's not as widely recognized, but now he is. We we will probably have that with with uh, Doctor Strange now. We we have that with Ant Man. And people Guardians love Ant Man that never even knew Ant Man was a character before. Guardians, another one. I think more so Guardians than Ant Man, even though Ant Man does seem yeah. But it's like a real close one and two. Of yeah. Who's less known? I'm pausing it. And what better way to come out of a pause than to go into our next beer? Because we're done with news, right, guys? We're done with news. Yeah, we're done with it. Uh, and uh, Clown Shoes, one of the uh, our favorite breweries from 2015, and we're definitely trying everything that they are putting out in the bomber bottles in 2016, released their 2016 Luchador Fago Mexican-style chocolate stout. Stout brewed with vanilla, spices, and aged in bourbon barrels. And you know what? We love our bourbon barrels. And this we is, love when a beer explodes all over the table. <laughs> this is the one. Go to our Facebook page to see what happened when we opened up this beer during uh, the recording. You missed the moment where the beer is foaming so much, I just put my mouth over the top of it and started drinking mm. all the foam. That's what I taste. I taste the love. <laughs> um, I finished it already. You finished your I finished it. I took this the last... This is 11%, by the way. I took the wow. last... I took the last sip, and I was like, oh, we haven't reviewed this yet. Mm-hmm. Um... It's good. It's very good. 
It's smooth. It's drinkable. I don't get any alcohol burn, even though it's the 11%. No. I get a little bit of the chocolate. I don't get, you know, when I hear Mexican chocolate, I'm like, oh, is this going to be one of those stupid, like, habanero mango just things? just cinnamony. Yeah. And this I is think more cinnamony. Yeah. Cinnamony. Talking about. <laughs> That's not a word. Words that we don't say correctly. Uh, and spicy and good. And I, I'm really enjoying this beer. This is. This is one of those releases every year I'd be like, yeah, I'd pick it up. And But again, I'm not aging this one. This one is good to drink right away. It's a annual release from them, you know, being a bourbon barrel aged. So uh, spice with vanilla, cinnamon, ancho, and chipotle peppers. I'm not getting any of that. Heat. And then aged 100% in bourbon barrel, so it's not blended. It's 100% aged. Um so nice. smooth, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, with that it's a chocolate with that, richness on that stuff, with too. that foaming like that, uh, you seem you feel like there's something wrong with the bottle. Maybe it was just a little too warm, mm-hmm. or I mean, who knows what? But it still drank beautifully. Mm-hmm. We lost a lot. <laughs> who lost a good a portion of the bottle uh, on the table? But I would pick this up. It has a 2016 on it, which makes me think you can age it. But with as wanna... smooth as this beer is, I would buy it again. Yep. Especially since I'm not getting all that chipotle spice. I'm not getting much. I'm getting cinnamon. I'm getting vanilla. And I'm getting chocolate. And I'd be afraid to lose any of those three components. On, See, I on thought I had this it. one before. I looked up on Untapped, and I haven't. Mm. So, I, is there another clown shoes with a luchador on the front? Yeah, there's a Mexican, the Mexican chocolate stout. Yeah, they have like a. It's okay. called like Mexican breakfast or something. Yeah. So I might have had that one then. Because it sounded familiar. And this is the one that they age in... It comes out in a bomber that they age in bourbon barrels. I think the other chocolate one that they do, the the Mexican chocolate, is in a four-pack. But I could be Mm. wrong. Um, I I had it on tap somewhere. So This This is good. It's really good. I would buy this again in a heartbeat. Like, Mm. you wouldn't have to twist my arm. I would buy it. I might not drink it right away, but... It would be there, and I would be happy that it's there. I like. When you would I, look forward to drinking this beer again. When I open up my beer fridge, and I'm like, oh, I can't drink that, I can't drink that. Oh, that's there. Oh, maybe I'll have this. Yeah, I'll have a lesser beer. Tonight's not a celebration. This is a good celebration beer. I don't know. I bought that T-Rex, the, mm-hmm. that T-Rex yeah. barrel-aged uh, yeah, that's Imperial so Red. That's... Like, I bought that, and it's just like, I'm having this. Yeah. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks, followed up by uh, Overboard with uh, with Kurt Russell. Dragnet with Tom <laughs> Hanks, because I got it in a DVD pack. And Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, playing Friday. Uh, yeah, I'm going to sit and drink this beer and enjoy my afternoon. <laughs> I just need the facts, John. Just the facts, ma'am. All right, so, uh, Chris, did you want to talk about another beer that you drank uh, earlier? or did Well, you... I, I forgot we had this in the fridge, so I'm drinking a Not Your Father's Root beer. We had this on the show. Oh, those things uh, are stupid. Uh, it's good. <laughs> I like them. No, no, they are good. They're just stupid that they're alcoholic. It's Five just like... 9%. Yeah. They're just... I, I think I was saying that really about that. They have a, a, a overly like a ten percent one out there. Yeah, we don't get that in our area. Yeah, yeah, but that one would just be dumb. It See, would just... I, 
I'm okay with trying these. I will drink one of these before, like the Mike's Twisted Tea kind of things, or like Zima. Is Zima still a thing? I don't even know. I think you have to be like in South America to get Zima. <laughs> I think it's something weird like that. Mike's. I have to say, Mike's Hard Lemonades, the uh, Twisted Teas, this Not Your Father's Root Beer, the alcoholic cream sodas. Uh, Smirnov Ice now comes in a plastic bottle that looks like a Gatorade bottle in a four-pack, and it's uncarbonated. It's just like that sounds stupid. Yeah, <laughs> all that's uh, I'm putting that in a I'm putting all these in a category that I'm calling stupid, and the, because you drink them to get stupid. The Jed stuff is um, that's Saranac, which Jed, I was okay, like, black, Saranac it's... makes beer. They have a soda line. I was like. Mm-hmm. Man, they should probably make a hard soda line. Like they their do a sodas black cherry are good. Jets. Okay. And then I looked and I was like, oh, this is a product of Saranac. So you got um, the stupid. Because I've, I've had two of the Henry's ones. Like they have the orange soda and then they have the ginger ale. Mm-hmm. And Henry's is owned by Miller or someone like that. But they're not bad. It's something that I could drink after just like a, a long day when it's really hot and I don't necessarily want a beer like sometimes i just want something a little bit sweeter and i mean ciders i love them but there's nothing really great cider wise down here so whatever mm-hmm. uh, i'm i'm okay with drinking like the not your father's root beer or the coney island root beer like, i i enjoy them like i don't drink soda normally so this mm-hmm. is kind of a nice little treat yeah i'm not saying that they're not good for that reason I'm just saying. They're saying they're stupid. They're, they're, yeah, they, they are on the market for people to get stupid. <laughs> they are, they are dangerous. Like, it's not your intention to get stupid on them. It's just going to happen. Much like how we drink well, a 9.5 percent and then an 11 percent beer on the show within an yeah. hour. It's just yeah, hour and a half more than, and then we have another one to drink, Paul. See, I, the way I look at that is you don't have to get stupid on them. Like if, it's just too easy. If you're an adult, though, like... Yeah. You, like, And you're drinking this, like, you'll know, like, oh, you know what? I can have one more of these today, and, mm-hmm. like, I'll be, I'll be good, you know? Yeah, yeah. If I was there recording, I would drink those three beers, and I'd probably be fine afterwards to not have anything else for the rest of the day, you know? Right. Unless it was, like, my day off, and we made it a point to be like, hey, we've got some different stuff. Let's try all these, too, you know? And then and, we're going to Mighty Taco. We're going to soak up yeah. some of this alcohol. Because we're adults, and we'll make a plan. I'm just saying yeah. that these things seem to be on the market for the 1920, just turned 21 year old, and just want to drink something. When alcoholic. we when we go out of control and have a silly, crazy night, we're breaking out bourbon aged <laughs> beers. We're breaking out. We just spent like cellar. 50 bucks. <laughs> these kids are spending eight dollars. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm and saying. They don't like, have the tolerance. We're a totally different beer drinker. I mean, if you think about everything. Everything we... We sank a lot when, of capital into this investment. When, <laughs> when Chris came back and we drank and had dinner and pizza, played games, then continued to drink to record the episode uh-huh. of uh, Parks and Rec, like, that was all high-end, expensive yeah. stuff that we were like, we've been saving this to drink with Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the difference between 30-plus-year-old gentlemen... <laughs> gentlemen... Uh, and some, you know, crappy orphan kids uh, on the streets. Like, oh, let's get a Jed's. Hmm, I'm going to get that 4% high off of this beer. 
I'm just saying, it's just a step above Four Loco. The stuff seems like it's just begging. But it's, it's so Alco. far behind Tilt. <laughs> it's Alco Pop. It is just... Clean your chimney, sir. I need some Tilt. <laughs> I need my Smirnoff Ice in a Gatorade bottle. That's a very good impression. That's like a dramatic reading that you're doing right now. But we we have to do the list first. We do the list. Yeah. This is this jumping show, ahead. This show is off the rails with us just getting sidetracked. But uh but that was let me get that was very much in character. <laughs> and much like the characters we enjoy uh we enjoy them in comic books. So Chris, which comic yes. book will you be enjoying on on uh the 20th? Uh, this week is actually a pretty decent week for me. There's a bunch of uh, issue number twos and threes of stuff coming out that I'm really looking forward to. And one of my favorite books, we talked about it two months ago now for our look back, was actually Marvel's Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, I'm looking forward to Iron Fist number three by, what's the guy's name? David Walker with art by Sanford Green. Um, I I love this book. This is kind of one of my new go-tos. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's like seeing the two of them interact. Like it's, it's it's a lot of fun. It's fun. The writer and the artist know what this book is supposed to be, and they're they're doing it. Uh, much like my book, which I complained a little bit ago, saying, I don't know, I'm unhappy of how this finished because it feels like it's finished. I haven't gotten a book in like a year. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Six Gun number forty eight. <laughs> Wow. Are they going to make I it to? I 50? you were reading this. Are they going to make it to two fifty? Uh, I hope so. Um, but after being on a break, uh, we're coming back to this book. Colin Bunn's been doing a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. so I guess they took Sinestro, a little. Sinestro, other did, DC stuff. Is he part of the Animal series? DC Party Animal? Uh, DC? What is it called? Animal? I don't know. Y- young animals. Young animals. I'm not sure. Don't I don't think so. He's been working with Marvel and DC mm-hmm. and a couple other independent books. So. I would like to see Colin Bunn in that Young Animals line. Uh, but the Six Gun number 48 coming back, Colin Bunn, Brian Hurt. Uh, yes, I'm excited. <laughs> I feel like, I oh, I need to go back and read a couple issues because it's... So there's six mystical guns. I'm pretty sure the last... It's been forever since we've read the this last book. Issue, it's been a while. The last issue that I read, I read at the kitchen table on Martin Road. Oh, wow. Back in Martin Road so, Studios that has been shut down and condemned. It's we a, got kicked out. It's been a year. Uh, there, was, there were too many doors missing from the frames, <laughs> yeah. the, so we they, were, they had to condemn it. Every once in a while, we just drink it. To, every time you pop over a tilt, a door gets ripped off the frame. Uh, and there was a moment when I was like, hmm, I see my future. It's with this woman. I will leave the Martin Road Studios. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's go, what happens when a future wife shows up. Go to North Tonawanda for yeah, no reason. Uh, but what's happening in Six Gun? What is Six Gun again? Because it's been that long. Six Guns. Think... They've been put Wait, on wait. The... There's an S at the end? There are Six Guns. Is the series called Six Gun or Six Guns? Uh, it's called The Six Gun because okay. I thought so, but it's the Six Gun of five, you know, of, of six guns. Okay, it's the sixth, the sixth gun of a six. Gun the story series. started. Have you you we read, read this? We read it, but you know, it was a while. It was it's a been while. a long time, John. I just want an explanation of what Anyway, the so is. the six guns have been put into the seal to cause the apocalypse, and it's down to St. Clair and Becky to stop 
the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. This feels like Trigon quite a bit because it's Old West. There's guns with special abilities and powers. And Becky had gets the sixth gun of this five-gun series. And she's hanging out with St. Cloud. They used to be part of the Sinclair. bad crew. Sinclair. Sinclair. They used to be part of the bad crew. But it's part of the good crew. And there's a uh, there's a sarcophagus. You're talking about yeah the, you, yeah you're talking about the old gym issue, or whatever his name old, was. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about issue one through six yeah and I'm on forty eight so you can't keep up right now no so just leave it go let it go I'm just we need to get to <laughs> we need to get to the main topic Paul let right. this go I'm just Chris, saying fans Chris, of Trigon what do you think Paul it? is looking forward to Paul. reading. Paul, what are you looking forward to? Oh, okay, that's a book. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, dramatic eye roll. Yeah, we look, all look forward to reading that, Paul. Flesh number 50. Written by... Uh, dramatic eye roll. Yeah. Oh, we're all Rob Vendetti and uh, Van Jensen, because Vendetti is better with a partnership. Uh, this is their massive 50-ish issue, and I've I just finished up on, uh, on Netflix the first season of The Flash. So I think I'm, I think I'm now far enough away from being a Wally West fan. No, Wally just fan. Paul, go back and read your Jeff Johns. I know. Flash books. Yeah, those are so good. But maybe, maybe no, I'm looking, no fucking maybe. I'm That's looking for a reason want. to get into a Barry Allen book, and this this might be it. So here we go, a 50th issue. I'm paying the premium. They better deliver me a premium story to get me to be a Barry Allen fan for once in my life. So. There we go. And it's Rob Vendetti, which I've enjoyed. Who have I enjoyed? Yeah, talking talking about premium price, I paid four ninety nine for issue number one of Moon Knight. Mm. Woof. Yeah. This is at least the anniversary 50th issue. So, there we go. But, guys, let's let's read a comic oh book gosh, in part right now. Get... What? I'm not even set for that. What? Well, John, you were rushing me through my book talk, and this is a dramatic reading. You got a dramatic reading to do, sir. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I know. I'm ready. And now, a dramatic reading from Baker Street Peculiars, number one, page nineteen, panel four. Please, Mister Holmes, we're game. We may be small, but as children. We learn fast. And from what you said, it sounds like we've all got something to prove. That was a dramatic reading from Baker Street Peculiars, number one, page 19, panel four. Man, that was, that was a dramatic. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on my own dramatic reading. Well, I'm that vamping was, again. That was darn good. Because you were you were looking up this book, John, that we're going to review first. Ooh, in gonna, our main topic. We're gonna review. I was I was ready to pop right into that. Oh, that's gonna get us into our main topic. A look back <laughs> of the March comic books that we felt were worthy for us to talk about. Overstepping segues <laughs> here on the Magnum Boardcast. Uh, and our first book is what Paul just read, and that is the Baker Street Peculiars. Uh, This comes from uh, Kaboom, the more kid line from Boom Studios. This is written by Roger Langridge, and art and lettering by Andy Hirsch. Cool that he's doing his own lettering. 
Yeah. I didn't realize uh, it was hand lettered, or maybe not even hand lettered, but it could be digital. You know, yeah, he he laid out the letters by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is good. So this book takes place back in 1933 in, in London. In London, uh, with a bunch of with three different kind of classes of uh, children who mm-hmm. are chasing this lion statue that has gotten up out of the town square and is running down the street. And the three of them all have reasons to be out after night and are chasing this book and kind of... Chasing this book? Chasing this lion. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting stouted. I've uh, had a lot to drink, Paul. I don't know. I'm just a breakfast. A small (laughs) breakfast. I understand. I'm there, too. Yeah. I had... I had poached eggs with... Uh, Nobody asked you to review curried. your breakfast. We want you to I, review this book. Curry, We're in the main topic. Curried curried zucchini, onions, and peppers. Side of bacon. I haven't eaten yesterday. <laughs> well, you've only had coffee and a root beer beer that's 4%. I'm drinking a side. It's 5.9%. Oh, jeez. It is stupid. That's why it's in my stupid category. It's above the alcohol content of a normal beer. And it is sweet and goes down way too quick. It's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's nice and crisp. So as these, yes. as these kids are chasing down this lion, mm. uh, you're getting to know them. They're becoming friends. Uh, are they becoming friends because they're, all their mom's names are Martha? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll learn that later on. Uh, it's, it's a one of four, so you're not going to have to go through... <laughs> buying well, that's it's not only an one ongoing of series yeah it's one yeah. of four hmm. um the artwork is kind of that old school comic strip yeah kind of sly fox uh, uh it it reminds me of kind of like an updated tintin almost yes okay yeah yeah uh very angry you either had a very pointy nose or your nose is round <laughs> exactly and um, the book's meant to be a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. it has definitely has those qualities. Um, I enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. I picked up this book. I probably won't pick up issue two. Mm-hmm. I picked it up because I thought it was fun. It was something interesting. It sounded like it would be a blast. Only being four issues. You, you are also a sucker for anything Sherlock Holmes in the comic book world. I am. I remember reading a... Sherlock Brothers, uh, a brother Sherlock Holmes book from you. Sherlock Holmes investigating like parademon stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't remember that. I remember, I remember making you read Moriarty, Moriarty, and then telling you how I bought a book and read all the Sherlock Holmes, and and then you watched the BBC Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Well, that's because you got a man crush on Benedict Cumberbatch. The is yeah, it's true? it's it's a fun read. It's not something I would read number two of. Um, if I had like a niece or nephew or someone that had an interest in comic books and liked like cartoons or mysteries, you know, I might recommend this or pass it off. But uh-huh. it's it's not something I need more of. Wouldn't it be like low on that list though? It would. I mean, there's other like, all ages comic books that I think are better. There's even better books from Boom mm-hmm. that I would pass off beforehand. Um, uh, Bone? 
B- Bone, I mean, Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard, yeah. And then we got... Uh, fantastic. I like the... What was it? The... Uh, the something Architect that we picked up from the people that were doing the... Um, the Adventure Time comic. Oh, the uh, the Midas Flesh. Uh, the one with the Space Raptor? No, not the Midas Flesh. Uh, no, the one with... But I remember that they also did that book. But they also the they had it at the convention. It was like an indie press book, and it was just about the sculptor's like design or something. And that might made, have been something you bought and read. Yeah. that we didn't read. No, you yeah, because I don't know. I don't right remember here. that one. I know where it is. He knows right where it is. He's bending, he knows where it is. He's bending down. Oh, it's right on the top. The Potter's Pack. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you made his read. Yeah. I hated that. What? He hated this? This was so cute. It was about this one guy that makes a little uh, uh, mechanation I wouldn't give out of clay. <laughs> and it's so it cute. To, to read. I would give it, yeah. Uh, He's just staring at really, it longingly. Even, uh, it's so good. Lumberjanes. Uh, Lumberjanes? Yeah. Lumberjanes. That's one of the reasons why I picked this up, because it was from Kaboom, and just that, like, the title page, like, the cover page, I was like, oh, this could be fun like Lumberjanes. And the Baker Street stuff, I didn't even, like, I thought for a second, but didn't tie it into Sherlock Holmes. I just thought it was just like, hey, three kids on an adventure. But now, looking at the cover, I see there's an outline of Sherlock Holmes' face. (laughs) Oops. You don't see that. You don't see that in the thumbnail. I saw John. John's recommending this book. Baker. Yep. Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yeah, as soon as I saw Baker Street, I was like, "Oh, it's like uh, like Sherlock Holmes kids." Mm-hmm. I thought it, but I didn't. It's yeah, yeah. there it is. Uh, oh, so guess what? Sherlock Holmes turns up at the end of the book, but is but it not? Yeah, because he's been dead for years. This book was fun. Opium addiction, it which is always fun to talk about with kids. Uh, it wasn't. It's not something I would uh, strong recommend. If it was, if I did have kids. If I knew somebody with older kids, mm-hmm. I would probably hand it off if they were interested in that kind of stuff. But a light recommend. Like, yeah, it's not it's... like anything big. The art fit the tone of the story. Mm-hmm. It feels like Tintin. It's trying to be Tintin. It's trying to be fun and goofy. And you're kind of left with... We, what screwed me up was, I'm like, oh, they're talking to the ghost of of Sherlock Holmes here because he's ob- this ghost is obviously floating and then all of a sudden no it was a person in stage makeup well that's not like, to spoil the like, book but I just spoiled the book the book is light and fun and then all of a sudden when you get the backstories of these characters you're <laughs> like mm, that's kind of sad like <laughs> we just took a dramatic turn from like a fun chase of a, a statue lion yeah, when, when is it that Books for kids can't be sad. Like Bambi was sad. Did you read Bambi or did you see the I cartoon the movie? Cartoon okay, movie. Okay, so you can't say Bambi's a book. Yeah. Okay, but you know what? Where? When does it become that stories no, for kids? Stories just, for kids. Just, just in story wise, fun chase. Blah blah blah. It's a well paced mm-hmm. beginning of a book. Them escaping from the cop. The layout of the yeah, page. I like all that, that is, is fun, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden. It gets slowed down with this Sherlock Holmes character that you picks know, apart. Yeah, picking apart their I oh yo this person da, 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 da. keeping tabs of these three kids. Did not not even keeping tabs because the Sherlock Holmes character <clears throat> might not have been keeping tabs, but he 
okay, you got that chin, that nondescript chin, that very pointed nose, or that very rounded nose. You are must be from this family, and I can see from the sawdust on your shoes that you've been sneaking into bars on the lower end because that's what they put down to, you know, pick up all the drinks that get spilled. And you're wearing a schoolboy, you know, your uniform, so therefore you must be school aged, and he, he's able to do this all of the it. Dog wearing the backpack. Yeah, yeah, dog. Yeah, that's just because it's a dog. And he's also Wellington, <laughs> Mutt Wellington, Mutt Wellington. It's great. I don't know. I enjoy it, but yeah, it's definitely on the mic. There's so many better books to recommend for kids to read that they would fall in love with and they're ongoing like yeah like bone goes forever and even like rust which is about the boy robot you know mm-hmm. like another you know boom studio book <laughs> or arcadia but yeah. they're arcadia one, does great they're ones. one in the same now yeah and Mouseguard. yeah i w- there's so many better books yeah, out Ma- there because you got all the seasons plus the black a- what what do they call it the black axe or something like that yeah they got, that, they got there's lots of story lines. a lot yeah, of spin lot, spin-offs and everything so yep yeah and then they have like the anthology ones there's just read mouse card <laughs> <laughs> it's true i mean it's i see where this book was going it's an okay interpretation of what it's supposed to be didn't sell me there's yeah. book i mean even feathers sold me yeah feathers is- yeah oh yeah feathers was really good um but this is about his radar too. I want to read more of Feathers too, and I just well, it fell off the radar quick. Maybe a trade in policy will be Feathers. Oh, we got some I'd be okay with that. That was really now. good. Well, it's who's up for trade in policy? It's my turn. And well, then we also my, have. Then it's Wonder Woman after yeah. that, Earth One, and then it's Chris's pick. So you know it could be up. We have a lot. No, we have lots worked out that okay. we we're planning on. But anyways, uh, another number one yeah. that we all read, and I know that Chris and I liked, was Black Widow number one, written by Mark Wade and uh, art by Chris Omni. Um, this is a fun book. It starts with Black Widow escaping from Shield. She is now a wanted woman. It starts and ends. <laughs> Uh, it is the escape sequence. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. Like, she just... Throughout this book, you, you, you're like, oh, she's just trying to get away, just trying to get away. And then at the very end panel, when the, when, uh, the one person that's been the most resilient in trying to catch her was uh, asked if it's worth what she stole, if what she stole was worth it. And she just clobbers him in the head with this with a rock, and she's like, "Yeah, I hope so too." You're like, "Nope, she definitely turned a corner here." I'm not sure if I'm with her on this anymore because before you're like, "Oh, Director Hill, yeah, screw her." Like Black Widow's my gal, like she's it, like I'm with her, I'm Team Black Widow. And then you're like, "Ooh, did she just kill some dude?" If she did. I might not be Team Black Widow anymore. Man, I'm still Team Black it's, Widow. It's Mark Wade and Chris Sandman. You're going to be uh-huh. Team Black Widow. I know I will be, but right now, they leave me with a good cliffhanger. I'm saying. like, And this book is like the exact opposite of two other books. Baker Street and also Haunted Mansion. In the way that it tells the story with like no word balloons. Like there's like well, well there's, there's pages. word balloons, but nothing from Natasha. It's 
like everyone responding to her or like taking orders from around her. Like she's mm-hmm. silent until that last panel where she just says me too. Is that really, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Oh she doesn't goodness. say a word. I thought, she, no, I thought she said something through the guard a couple times. Like that was chasing her. Nope. 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 Wow. She says nothing. Cause that's the first thing I noticed. Like when I finished this book, I was like, she was silent the whole time. Just like wow. tearing through all of shield. She gives the one guy a kiss and steals his like jetpack suit. Yeah, it's all that stuff like, hey, what are you going to do now? Oh, you're going to steal my jetpack suit. Like, <laughs> like, I'm reading it. As a reader, I know that guy's screwed. <laughs> uh, it's exactly what you expect from Mark Wade and Chris Somney. Mm-hmm. Like the and art- we, we just had a Black Widow book that came out last year. I did not care for it at all. Was that the one where she goes to the swamp? No, I, I think we read the first one. That was like we like didn't, right we didn't we didn't read the first one. You might have read the tie-in issue with the Punisher that I was reading. Oh, okay, this was from oh, that was um, it then, yeah. This was from Edmondson, uh, who's doing that Black Widow, and that Black Widow that he was doing was supposed to be great. We just weren't reading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that tie-in, that tie-in between the Punisher and her, it just pissed me off, and I was like, mm, I'm not going to read that, even though I'm really liking what this guy's mm-hmm. doing on Punisher. Um. But I thought this was a great – anything I feel or know about the Black Widow, which isn't much. I've never mm-hmm. read a Black Widow on her own issue. She's always been either with yeah. somebody or a team book or tying in. This is exactly what I expect from a Black Widow issue. Like She's there to get a job done. She's getting it done in the most efficient way possible, the- even though it seems like she's taking 12 steps backwards. It's actually – the most efficient way forwards. She she jumps out the window of the mm-hmm. helicarrier and just like, well, what are you going to do that, now? And then she's like, that's a great panel too. <laughs> Which is like her like falling from the sky. And it's just like, what are you going to do now? And then she's like, oh shit, yeah, I'm falling from a thing. Oh, come here, stealing your jetpack. Yep. And not trying to hurt any of these shield agents as she does it until the until very that end. very end because that guy is not going to stop until yeah. it's her. Or him, and she can't. She can't have that because I imagine the mission is from Hill being like, "You got to do this. Walk away with this. You're going to betray we're, us. We're not going to make it easy, though. Yeah, exactly. It- you need to show that we're after you." Mm-hmm. Ooh, you're saying that Hill is like director, director level. <laughs> yeah, she's the Nick Fury. <laughs> Uh, but Ooh. this book is... It, it's, go ahead. I mean, this book is good enough, and I didn't... I bought issue two because I want issue two. I didn't read it because I didn't want to be like, spoilers for issue two, because we do that a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, yeah. just wait till issue two. I was going to say we should review both issues, only because mm-hmm. I really wanted to read issue two. <laughs> But it just, was the quickest read, though. Oh, like yeah. if you told me reading issue two, I'm like, yeah, I got another 45 seconds. Well, and that's the thing because, like, issue number one, it's a great book, but it's hard to talk about because while there's a lot that happens, it's all set up. It's mm-hmm. it's Natasha escaping from Shield, which is a great escape. If you but guys enjoyed Baker Street chasing down a <laughs> statue lion, you'll really love the Black Widow number one. Uh, no, but, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, is there much story to it? It's a Chris Omni art. Yeah. You can charge me. How much was this? 
Probably three ninety nine. Three ninety nine every single time for Chris Omniart, just telling me the story from beginning to end, and I will not throw whatever writer you want with Chris Omni and let just and just tell Chris Omni to tell me a story and I'm good because he's he's great. Oh yeah, I mean I think it's something we all agree on, and mm-hmm. we've voted him best artist of the year. What like one, two years in a row? Yeah. For when we've done the artist brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, he just wasn't really on anything for again, us to... Yeah. Again, with uh, DC, just letting thing, people go by. Chris Somney was a DC artist, and they just let him go. Like, they're going to keep him. The Mighty... What was it? Alpha One? The Mighty... The Mighty, it was called, the book. That Chris Somney, like... That's when he hit my radar, yeah, was, and I'm like... It was him with Pete Tomasi. Yeah, on The Mighty. And it was a story about Alpha One, which was like a non-Superman, Superman character. Um, and that was great. That was a great issue, series. And I'm like, he should be on all of DC's books. And now he's on, like, every... Hey, we want to highlight a Marvel character. How do we do that? Chris Omni on art. Yep. Uh, Sounds I, good. I Let's think Chris Omni's just like, whatever Wade tells me to do. Just mm-hmm. like when we asked Paulo Rivera, like... What other person would you want to work with? He goes, I'll work with Mark Wade on whatever he asks me to do. That has to be cool because either he writes his scripts really well, or he just says, or he just takes the time with the artist to really just talk with them and be like, "This is what this is my vision of the book. What's your vision?" And I would love to know that relationship. I would love to have a podcast just devoted to an artist and a writer just talking, <laughs> like talking out a script. Yeah, like no, that'd be- that would be amazing. Like, I would just put down my headset, hit record, and just walk away and be like, "I'll be back when I'm ready to listen, guys." <laughs> Thanks. I see. I wouldn't walk away. I would just sit there and want to listen to them. No, no. Live. I want them to talk about because, guys, we've done this show for like five years now. I can't help but interrupt. Hey, <laughs> what? I think you. No, I can't help. You it. know what? Sometimes you have good things to say. Uh, no. No. But I have those moments I where I can, like we record the show and then I leave the podcast and I'm like gonna go mow my yard. I'm like, oh, what podcast do we have to listen to? Oh, ours. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I really enjoyed listening to our not episode. Like that was that's a fun episode. Yeah. We get blackout drunk, so we forget. <laughs> oh about yeah, stuff. I, I often yeah. Don't remember any of it. <laughs> I never remember anything we say. Uh, so it's a well, that's just conversations that we have though. <laughs> we also drink heavily. Over a course of two hours, and we would never drink this much this quickly. No, if it wasn't for the show. Uh, no, this book. I mean, this book sold me on seeing Wade in mm-hmm. Somni, and it delivered. And those are two people. No matter what I really see them on, mm-hmm. I'll pick up. And Wade does lots of other. He does lots of other stuff that's not as on par mm-hmm. with daredevil or this or other things but a lot of times they're i they are on par but i'm just have no connection to those characters he does a lot of those like shadow Mm -hmm. and ace adventure yeah because he was like that wade was the editor-in-chief of boom studios for a while there too and then when they brought in those uh legacy characters the shadow um the spider the spider uh, yeah, and Green Hornet. Green Hornet. Like, he was, like, the person in charge of all that. That, that, uh, I was gonna call him Red Circle, but they're not Red Circle because that's, uh, Archie Comics. Yes, yeah, Archie got Heroes. Bought, they got bought by DC. But, man, like, 
it was just, and you're like, oh man, can't wait until he's back doing mainstream books. And now he is. And he's doing Archie. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, that Archie is great. And our next book's actually coming to us from over at Marvel as well. And this is about another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, this time focusing on Miss Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird, who at some point in recent Marvel history, I don't know when or where, became injected with the Super Soldier form, uh, Super Soldier Serum mixed with the Infinity Formula, which has had some adverse reactions with her where it's awakening some buried psychic abilities in uh, Miss Bobby Morse. So we get to see her uh, weekly check-ins as she goes to a C- uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. doctor's office. All right. So wait a second. Uh, super, ser- super Soldier Serum yes. is what made Captain America Captain America. America. Yes. Uh, the Infinity Serum is Infinity what, Formula. Infinity Formula is what gives Nick Fury his elongated life. Like, yes. It's a reason die. to explain why yeah. he was a World War II... Howling Commando. Howling howling Commando. And he's still still alive today. Yeah. Okay. And this is a mixture of those two injected in her. And this, apparently, this a a mixture, maybe not exactly the same, but similar, has been injected into other people before, and they have adverse reactions. And this is something Nick Fury injected her to make her, to save her life. Wait. Nick Fury. I didn't see that. Nick Fury. She mentions that at some point. She says Nick Fury, Does but she? is it okay. is it Samuel uh, Jackson Nick Fury or Howling Commando Nick Fury? Because there's the two of them running around in the DC this in the Marvel Universe now. This is a character that I know because I had her action card mm-hmm. in my Marvel collector upper card deck series, series yeah, whatever okay. it was. Yeah. I had like there was like so many of them, um, and then I had a single issue of a Hawkeye comic book that had her in it. Yeah, I had a West Coast Avengers issue with her mm-hmm. and Hawkeye. She shows up in yeah. uh, Secret Secret War or not Secret Wars, uh, in, uh, Secret Invasion. Don't remember that. Didn't read it. And then I know Chris her. And, I read it. and then yeah. I and then I know her from Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. She's a character on that. That would be the most I know her from. Another way that DC let things slip through their fingers because the girl that played uh, Adriana. Perket, what's her name? Pilecki. Pilecki. Uh She had, they shot a pilot of her being Wonder Woman in a Wonder Woman television show. Yeah, which didn't look Is great. Is she the same chick? Yeah. And she's not Wonder Woman. She's now Bobby Morris on S.H.I.E.L.D. And she was on Friday Night Lights. So, there you go. But yeah. Uh, I have to say, she's a character that I don't have a strong like gravity towards, but I really enjoyed this issue i don't know really where the book's going to go but i like how she's kind of snarky i like mm-hmm. the artworks bright and it's fun and it doesn't really mesh well with the story that's being told but it sums up her uh, personality pretty well i i really enjoyed this book um number two already came out i haven't had a chance to check it out yet but i'm i'm looking forward to it what turned the corner for me was like don't ask about my outfit you don't ask about Hercules' outfit. You know? 
Yeah. Like, because she's wearing, like, this really weird, like, uh, like, kiss cover bandy. See, you know, kind of you know what I saw? Black Canary. I saw it as a Black Canary yeah, costume yeah. with the fishnets. With, I saw that too. Fishnets, but then the spikes on the shoulders. Well, so I'm like, I was like, it's a kiss. You take plus those, Black you canary. take those spikes away. Yeah, it's Black Canary. It's Black Canary. But with the spikes, I'm like, oh. She's, she's Kiss Cover Band meets Black Canary. What I thought was funny is, like, every time she's in there, so is Hercules. Yeah. Like, this damage control, man. And then, like, Tony Stark is in there looking at, like, he's got a pamphlet about gonorrhea. <laughs> um, she's reading up about different things. I like that it isn't a pain level that she's uh, being asked about. It's a paranoia level. So maybe that's just a figment of her, like, broken psychosis that she's actually being asked about her pain level. Because that is the pain level chart that you go and you look at at a hospital. Yeah. Uh, but they're asking her what her paranoia level is. Well, that's one of the uh, side effects of the formula, mm-hmm. too, though, is just paranoia. I feel like it's not sure what it's this book is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Is it supposed to be tied into that Hawkeye? Um, it's all on its own, just fun book where Howard you can the tell- Duck, mm-hmm. like those kind of books, or is it tied into supposed to be a bigger series within Marshall? I, you know, with actual Marvel, and that's why I'd be interested in reading issue two. But I would read issue two when I got around to it. Like if Chris bought it, mm-hmm. and Chris, you didn't. Buy issue no, two. Not, not yet. I haven't bought comics for the last two weeks yet, so but it's been it, busy with work. But it's like that getting around to it kind of a thing, mm-hmm. and it's not. I don't. I I feel Chris when you go to do to do buy your week your two weeks worth of books. This might not be that issue that you buy because you're like ah, I'm buying these books. I'll get around to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I feel about this book because this issue one didn't sell me because I feel like the. They didn't know exactly what they were Mm -hmm. planning on doing with this book. Reading this in Black Widow back-to-back was probably the worst thing that I could do for (laughs) Mockingbird number one. Because, like, if I read Mockingbird number one first, I I would probably like Mockingbird a little bit more than reading – than it being the follow-up to – uh, Black Widow. Because this is – this has things – this has that little tug – at what you're saying, that uh, Hawkeye kind of thing where it's on its own. But then it's mentioning all this other stuff that happened, and I'm like, I don't even understand anymore. I read this. But that's, that's what the the book's doing, though. Like, mm-hmm. it even, like, there's a letter from Chelsea Kane who wrote the book in the very back that says, like, no, this is a, it's a puzzle book. Mm-hmm. And this is just basically them dumping the pieces out on the table. And the next issues are going to be putting it together so you can yeah, see the picture i own a puzzle book <laughs> he actually does I saw it's it. a book of puzzles and uh this doesn't feel like a puzzle book to me this, because i didn't have to uh cut out little strips of paper to solve a puzzle like when reading this i said hey what's going on in spider woman right now <laughs> are they done with that the intergalactic uh, baby chase yeah let's find out like yeah they're they're doing like a crossover with spider gwen and silk oh really oh nice yeah it's like a six-issue thing. Oh, jeez. Maybe. Yeah. It's the, they're like, X-Factoring it, me. Yeah, uh, it's going between, like, all three books, so... It's I the X-Factor. I'm, I'm jumping off for those. Yeah. So they're killing they're killing those series. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't bad. If I wasn't getting 
everything I wanted from other books, I might check this out, but I probably would hop back onto Howard the Duck before this book. Whoa. Because I don't have... I have more of a love for Howard the Duck than I do for Mockingbird. I'm sorry. Howard the Duck. <laughs> See, I, I like this book enough that I would I would continue to read it, depending just on my comics budget for <laughs> that week or that month. Um, it's not something that's going to be like at the top of my list, like Ant-Man or Silk or anything like that. But it, it's something that, yeah, you know what? I'd like to see how the first couple of issues of this go, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am much more in the same boat as Chris than with than in the same boat with John. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting enough. It's fun enough. I just yeah that the hooks that Black would have put in where it was just expertly crafted and told that story here it just seemed just not as much. You know, see, and was, I, I think that's not fair to Mockingbird though because they're just very different books in general. Well, I'm just saying, telling the the story, the crafting of that story, you can tell that somebody like Mark Wade was on Black Widow, and then you have the writer on Mockingbird, Beyond Mockingbird, and I'm sorry, I pulled, I don't have that pulled up. That it, uh, Chelsea, it, Chelsea Kane, Chelsea, and it's good, but it's not that expert level yet. You know, it's it's if it's like, an out, this it's is, an out this book. Is like her. Her first comic book, too, right? So it's a good steak. It's an outback steakhouse steak. It isn't, you know, like you go to a steakhouse steak. It's not a black and blue. Yeah, it's it's good, and it it scratches an itch, and you're like, okay, that was good. And for the money that I spent on it, I had a decent story. But I could have spent the same money and gotten myself a premium steak. You know what I mean? Like it's. It's that kind of thing where I probably should have put it in beer context to keep with the, you know our podcasting theme. But it, this is a book that falls in line with the Hawkeye, with the Spider Woman, with those books that we. It's Daredevil. It's step, we. It's one it's, step. It below. goes into that type mm-hmm. of book. It's dipping its toe into that book, but it's on the lower level of those books. Yeah. And even like I said, Howard the Duck was the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the Howard the Duck book... I would put as Howard the Duck a little bit below, too. Really? Yeah. I didn't like it. I, I, I've tried I didn't, Howard the Duck. I didn't love the Howard the Duck book either, but I think I would read the Howard the Duck over this. Only and because I have a more... You got more, more attachment. attachment to that character. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sorry. See, I, I Howard. have that attachment to Howard the Duck. Like I would rather read you know, the Marvel Universe proper through the eyes of Mockingbird. Yeah, and I'm with Chris on this. I, I would put Mockingbird above Howard... The duck, uh, each and every time. <laughs> uh, it it feels like they're trying, like even like the she hulk the she hulk. Oh, she hulk run was great, but it's like showing like Tony Stark, Her- mm-hmm. Hercules always being in the waiting room. There's visual gags that they don't pay off with any of the other. The comedy is in the visuals and not in the story. Yeah, and and I think they need to mesh that a little bit more. See, I'm, and then I'm I would okay be with that that dichotomy though. Like, okay. I like having the the visual gags and the little things to look for, mm-hmm. and then you have the more serious story. Okay, I don't know. I, I I like the kind of things where it's her, like her alcohol consumption form, where she has thirty five 
like bottles of wine written down on there, and then she's crossed it out and written two glasses. Okay, I see. I I took down that she wrote three originally, then she wrote five, and then she's like, well, on average, you know what? I had three, but probably last week I had five. Yeah, but this week I only had like one, so on average I have two. But then uh, you see that again later, though, where she's... Yeah. She just wrote down two. She just, she just wrote, like, three, and then the next time she has just two in there. Mm-hmm. Like, she's covering up just what's happening to her, even though during the actual exams, like, things are happening. Or are they happening? Wait, like, Chris, when was the last... Like, I have done that crossing out on my medical forms before. <laughs> like, almost exact Not Not three, five, and then two, but I have, like, oh... Oh, average. Okay. Not because sometimes I've like, how many drinks that I've had in the past week? Well, I did the podcast, so I did, I had three then. And then I had one with dinner on Tuesday and then another one, uh, for, with dinner at lunch. So I had five. I had five drinks this week. And then I'm like, oh, on average, I don't average five. I average, yeah, I average three per week. So I've done that cross out before. <laughs> So I can understand a superhero doing the same kind of thing where, well, last week was tough. I battled Scrolls, I battered Galactus. I shot that dude in the head. Five. I definitely had five average. Ooh. You know, on a slow week where I'm just uh, battling muggers and stuff, I don't, I don't even have a drink. So zero. And then Galactus weeks are definitely five to six. So on average, like two, maybe three. Depending on my mood that day when I'm going in. Because she's going in every week. Yeah. And, and every week she might step it up because it's a pain in the butt to get there. And it's and she feel like she feels like this is such a pain in the ass me having to go in. And they show it pretty well with yeah. her like in the spar- uh, the sparkly dress thing and then kicking somebody. And I don't want to get I don't want to say this is a bad book. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did enjoy this book. I think it's more well done in other books mm-hmm. but this is definitely if Chris bought two I would read two it wouldn't be on the top of my list of things to read it's not on my top of list of books to buy mm-hmm. it, it's a good it's a good read definitely I think I'd want to read it more in a trade where I get all of mm-hmm. the questions that might be asked all at once versus like the single issue like did it make me want to read issue two? Not wait a month and read it, or wait another week and read it, or two weeks. Chris, I agree with you. Yeah. that's all I'm saying. All right, and I do too. Like it's, it's not a bad book. Yeah, but it's, I agree with Chris more. <laughs> I think you do. Uh, and what Chris might not agree on is ballast points, peppermint victory. At this sea. is nice. Uh, this is their Victory at Sea, which is an Imperial Porter. You drank all yours already again? Yeah. You're the port I'm, I'm you enjoying might it. actually more of me, more than me. Uh, but this is a porter a with coffee and natural flavors, and this is peppermint flavored. This is a 10% beer. <laughs> so we've had a 10, an 11, and a 9. Yeah. Which the 9 roundup is a 10. Yeah, yeah. Um, this didn't explode when we opened it. Mm-hmm. So, now, okay, here's another thing on those medical forms, because I honestly, like, when I fill these things out, I do some math on these things, because, all right, I had I had a glass 
you know, probably about eight ounces of a 10% beer. A 10% beer is definitely twice as much as a normal drink because a normal drink is, you know, when you think about a 12 ounces of beer, you're thinking 4% for 12 ounces. I need you to shut up and just talk about this beer. Yeah, but the math involved on these is no math. It's, it's, it's a beer. There's no math. It's one beer? So it counts as one drink. Yeah, because this is okay. mostly what you drink. Oh, yeah. Uh, this this beer was uh, most likely brewed somewhere in October, um, September. It's a Christmas beer. This was released. It was all over my store in November, December, January. I'm looking um, for a date. I didn't see one on oh, the bottom. Oh, here it is. Uh, it doesn't really have a date. It has 15-335-2318. So put that into your logarithmic algebraic algorithms and figure that out. This isn't a thin mint beer. No, this is a coffee not. porter with some mint. And you get, nice. that, you get that mint. It's a nice mint flavor with this beer. Uh, I probably wouldn't go crazy trying to find it do you have thin is that does that actually have thin mints in it paul i do have thin mints do you think it would pair well why have you waited so long because i was waiting for us to talk about the beer before i popped these open these are special this is my last them open don't put them back in the box give me a cookie this is the last sleeve of thin mints i have girl scout season is over just give me two that's all i want is two open that up and see how well it pairs open it up I bought this. You know why I bought you didn't this beer? You buy it for me because I don't like Thin Mints. <laughs> I bought this beer because I had Thin Mints at home. And I'm like, okay, well, this would make sense. Girl Scout beer pairing. Here we go. See, if the beer tasted a little more like the Thin Mint, I think I'd be a little more in love with it. Mm, no, see, I think this has a perfect amount of mint aftertaste that I want in a beer. I don't, I don't want to drink something to make me feel like I just brushed my teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Overpower. I think this mint is overpower. The cookie mint is going to overpower the beer. I think out of Ballast Point's flavored beers that they do, this is definitely in the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, probably in the top two. Because I didn't like... I actually... The only one I can really say that I really like is the Watermelon Dorado. Mm. And that's only because I haven't had the even keel mango that you I rave about. That is my summer beer. It's even keel is their session, so it's like 3.8%, and it comes in a can. So that is going out to a picnic out in a – because here in New York State, you're not allowed – or at least Erie County, you're not allowed to bring glass bottles into the state parks or county parks, but cans here allowed. So I can bring that into a park, drink all day, enjoy the weather, enjoy the park, does it change nice. your thought process now that you know that Southern Tier is canning? Southern, you see, that might be good. <laughs> well, it depends if they had 2X Steam in the can, but they're not doing 2X Steam anymore. So, does it change your opinion that Otter Creek is canning? Otter Creek. Wait. Somebody, they used to can before, right? No? No. Because my my other canned beer w- would go to was uh, Sierra Nevada because they had a IPA in a can that I would bring, but that was too harsh. It was just like you can't sip on that all day long. Steam pipe is going to be canned. Steam uh, pipe would be really good because that's year or, round. Citra Mantra I think is just uh, seasonal. Mm-hmm. 
but I think I only over need it during, Citra Mantra, I would only need during the summer anyways in a can <laughs> because it's the only time I'm going to parks. You know? Um, and uh, I'm sorry, Chris. When I say park, I don't mean amusement. I mean, like, woods and grass. I understand. Okay. Because I know how much you love your parks. Uh, last year, I would mow my yard and have Over Easy IPA mm-hmm. in my cup holder on my lawnmower. Okay. Uh, this year, when they put out Steam Pipe, I'm having that in cans, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm mowing with. And even today, I go home, I might have a uh, three citrus peel out while I mow my yard. All right. Chris, I can't wait for another week when you come back and I can share that beer with you. I'm looking forward to trying it. I might be able to find it down here, too. Chris, we also know you love looking forward to Disney Kingdom's books from Marvel. I do. Uh, it's two things that I love Disney and comic books. So why not together? Because um, we have the most recent addition to the Disney Kingdom's cast of books, uh, and this is The Haunted Mansion. This is written by Joshua Williamson with art by Jorge Coelho. Um, John, this is a writer that you've brought to the table before in stuff like Nailbiter, uh, John Flood, some other stuff too. He's done a lot of more horror-based like indie stuff. That's surprising. Because this feels like a book written by somebody that hasn't written that many comics before. It does. Um, he's actually a huge Haunted Mansion fan and left it the chance to write this. And I think that's kind of to this book's fault. Yeah. Um, okay. Because what this is, this is the story of a kid named Danny who basically idolizes his grandfather. His grandfather's that spry chap that's gotten out and done all sorts of things in his life. While when he's sitting at home with his parents, they're just kind of zoned out on the TV, Mm -hmm. not really doing anything. They're just kind of letting life pass them by. So Danny really looks up to his grandfather until he passes away. Well, his grandfather, Um, Chris was so brave. He was, he was a climber. He was a brave man. He, he, at the age of 15, he walked the great wall of China he might have been a young fool, but man, was he brave. Because I know this because like every every word balloon that mentions a grandfather also mentions how brave he was. Yes. Um. Did I derail you? I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I, you were on a good run, but I really wanted to mention how brave the gar- grandfather was because I don't think you, you mentioned it enough, at least as that book made mention oh, yeah Johnny you leave uh, and I just make things weird you ruined it I ruined it he was on such a great run that's what I was like oh Chris is going to do a great job discussing this book I can go pee right now and see why your wife is hammering things in the room next door that's what, okay I thought someone was like banging on the table over there nope no. no. Kate doing uh, wedding crafts wedding crafts not my wedding crafts nope her sister's wedding crafts. Mm-hmm. That's coming up in a week or two. This Saturday. Oh. Yeah. We're thoroughly derailed now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. That's okay. Uh, and as you were saying, when I left to go pat, uh, go pass, go pee. <laughs> yeah, go pass some liquids through your system. This definitely has a feel of someone who overly loves the Haunted Mansion ride. And ties that in, I think, very well 
you can kind of feel that they love that book mm-hmm. or uh, they love that ride mm-hmm. in the yeah. way that they tied into this first issue. Because everything in this book makes me feel like I'm riding that ride and I'm looking for those moments like, okay, yeah, faces change on the wall as you pass that painting. Um, even tying in the, you know, the the magic ball, the ghost inside. To me, especially having had ridden this ride in October, like I saw all these elements coming up and I was happy to see those. I can't say that might be the fact for most people, but for me personally, even when she brings in like the ghost band to kind of work with him, I was like, oh, that makes sense. All the instruments yeah. flying around the room. Like, um, yeah, because basically what's happened is uh, Danny's been summoned to the haunted mansion, the house that's on the end of every street when you're growing up that it's creepy. Bad stuff happened there. Everyone has their own urban legend about it. Um, but it turns out, yes, this house actually is haunted, and there's some sort of malevolent ghost there that's trying to keep all the other ghosts from being able to get out and do their routine hauntings. Um, so it's up to Danny to go in and help save all of these ghosts amidst all this other craziness that's happening. And his first introduction into the mansion is basically beat for beat what happens when you board the attraction at Disneyland or Disney World. And while it's fun to see that kind of stuff as a fan of the ride, it's way too much too soon on it, I think. Mm -hmm. Because what I like about the Disney Kingdom stuff is, yes, we're seeing these attractions brought to life. You have those little winks, nods, nudges. It's all there. And it makes you happy to see it as you're like reading through flipping pages, looking at panels. And then here it was just all front loaded. Right. And honestly, that that took me out because I was no longer reading a Haunted Mansion comic book. I was just looking at drawings of the Haunted Mansion. So, Chris, what you're saying is you wanted winks and nods when he says, wait, are those photos stretching? Do you feel like it was a knockover? I, I yeah. <laughs> like you were shoved? I feel like it was so heavy handed on stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of to the detriment of this book because in here we're seeing the ghosts that we know from the attraction. Mm-hmm. You're, this is giving a little bit more depth to us, to a story that's had rumors and hints about what it is, but there's no definitive story for what the haunted mansion actual storyline is. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a big draw for this book for me. Wait, I'm sorry. And, what, can you go back and explain? You said yes. there is no backstory for what the Haunted Mansion actually is? There, like, There's no, like, you can go to the Disney archives and pull out a notebook and see, like, this is the storyline for the attraction, like you can with other stuff. Um, so much of the Haunted Mansion was just designed to be, like, one-off gags. Someone created a story, someone else created a story, and then it all kind of became jumbled together. Mm-hmm. That it's more, like, piecework quilty than it is start to finish okay here's who you are in this story you're kind of more just looking at stuff that's happening so the pirate thing wasn't see i every time the characters mentioned like the pirate thing at the very beginning i'm like oh 
they're making a joke because this is, you know, you get in a cart, much like, you know, for the ride at Disney, uh, much like the Pirates of the Caribbean, and you just mm-hmm. kind of ride through it. I'm like, oh, they're making up like a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of joke. Oh, it's like a, a pirate used to live there, just like... No, that was actually one of the proposed stories for the Haunted Mansion was the mansion was haunted by a ghostly pirate. And you were supposed to actually see his ghost right when you first started off, like, standing there in front of you, like, dripping wet, like he died at sea. Wait, am I supposed um, to see do, do we see that on the actual ride? I'm sorry. No, nope, it, was, it was abandoned. So this is okay. one of those things that just, it never came to fruition in the ride because there was there were so many hands in it mm-hmm. and they were all trying to do something different. Um, which is why you kind of have a like shift in the tone of the ride as you're like going through it, because you start off, it's a haunted house. There's mm-hmm. creepy stuff everywhere. It's a little bit more scary, but then you get to the end and it's all sing song gags, fun little visual jokes, the hitchhiking goes. It's, it's, it's two rides kind of put together and nobody wanted to make any kind of concession to to work on it. Well, Keepers of the Weird, too, was... Keepers you know, of the Strange? Keepers of the Strange. S- Seekers. Seekers. Seekers of the Weird. Was, we were both <laughs> we close. Were both wrong. We were close. Uh, like, that was what this mm-hmm. mansion was originally supposed to be. Right, Chris? If I remember correctly? Um, yes and no. Like, that became completely different it was supposed to be like a walkthrough attraction at the beginning and then they realized that they wouldn't be able to have the capacity because you know you put people in a room and say like okay walk through people stop they look at things um so the omni mover system with the doom buggies was really there just to help keep pushing people through it like it's mm-hmm. constantly moving you get on and you're already entering into the actual ride um so when they came up with that idea they threw away the whole museum of the weird thing, which is what ultimately became the secrets of the weird comic book. Hmm. I do have to say the haunted mansion for the visual effects, like within the ride itself is the most impressive ride. Pirates of the Caribbean, the, the Davy Jones, like the one moment of Davy Jones appearing on like the mist in that ride Mm -hmm. is great, but that's the only like, because everything else is animatronic, like within that ride. Like yeah. with Haunted Mansion, that ride itself, it has that floating head thing that is an amazing like work of uh, you know, projectors. You have those dancing ghosts, which still I will I will wanna know how it's done, but I never want to break that illusion, so I will never well, look it up. What's awesome is that it's such an easily achieved I'm, effect. Uh-huh. And it was something that one of the Imagineers working on the attraction found in just an old book of like magic and illusions from the 1930s. And he saw it and was like, oh, that's cool. We can do that. Yeah. And I'm sure it's easy, but it's so good. That's and why, I know it's so easy. It I don't want to know what – because it's just probably shooting it on the actual – like it's like putting your hand too close to a, a piece of glass, right, where you can see the reflection oh, of the glass. You don't want to know. I'm not telling you anything. Exactly. So I'm like, no, it's cool. I'm just going to let it be. I'm going to let that illusion be what it is. And uh, here in this book, it's like, hey, we're calling out all this stuff real quick. Yeah, I, I think number two will be better now that we have Danny With in people? the mansion. He has his mission. We've gotten like the big like Easter eggs out of the way right at the beginning. So mm-hmm. I think everything else will be a little bit more in 
in line with the story. Like it'll yeah. occur kind of organically. The thing that captured me about this book is the grandfather and grandson. Mm-hmm. And I liked the grand I love the grandfather like right away mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh man, he died. And then it's like, oh wait, no, it's about saving his grandfather. Yeah. So it's a reason I like that character right away that this story is about that grandson saving his grandfather. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm behind this kid. Let's do it. This kid has a reason to do it because the only person that ever meant anything to him is his right. grandfather. And I'm like, boom, that's that's the book. That's my hook into this. And then I loved seeing the Haunted Mansion stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I, I'm almost so, at a flip. Was, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so I was going to ask John really quick. As someone who, you know, hasn't gone on the Haunted Mansion too much, like, I mean, I go on it anytime I go to Magic Kingdom, Ooh, so like, this is stuff that I see constantly. Did you see all this stuff and think, like, oh, cool, or was it too much for you, too? It wasn't too I've I've been on this ride in 33 years of my life three times. Ooh, mm-hmm. one more than me. And mm-hmm. you're talking like six years old, 12 years old, and oh, four times. I've been on it four times. <laughs> Twice as much as me. 20, like 24 <laughs> and 33. Uh-huh. Uh, 30 and 32. <laughs> And 29 and 32. Sorry. There are moments that I remember from each year that I'd went there. You know, I remember things when I was turning six years old. I remember things when I was like 12, 24. Don't remember too much. And then being, being 33, being there with you guys and also being there with like Chris, I was like really in the moment because I know Chris loves this stuff and I was almost like hypersensitive to everything we were mm-hmm. doing in Disney. And when I was reading this book, I was like, oh, yep, that, yep, that. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand you have this great tour guide that is Chris that when you <laughs> point out something that you like, he goes, well, and then tells you <laughs> he tells you something about it, and then you're like, "Oh, that's fucking interesting. Thank you." You know, dropping the f bomb. <laughs> First swear word we found on the podcast in like 20 episodes, by the way. Yeah, and it was probably me the last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but it is. It's like, oh wow, yeah, oh cool. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you like to have the tour guide mm-hmm. that is Chris to give you these things when you say like. Hey, I want to touch these things. That Chris is like, yeah, I do too. And then he does it, and then he's like, this is because of this. That this is here. Mm-hmm. So reading this book, I was really tuned in more than I was in the Figment or the that, the Western. Great, yeah, the Great uh, Mountain Railroad. Yeah, what was it, Chris? Big Thunder Big Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain. Like I was tuned in more in this book, and it captured those rides and this is the first one that really captured the ride mm-hmm. within the pages of the book I, mean, I, I think a lot of that is the art like the artwork in this is fantastic mm-hmm. and it perfectly recreates those scenes from that ride mm-hmm. it was probably about four pages in that I had to go back look and see if this wasn't Tradmore doing the art 
Like, like I, I can kind of see that. The the first time in the graveyard scene where you see the woman in the in the crystal ball, like even though she's not in the crystal ball, you know exactly who it is. The thing that I wish they had in this book was like an animal companion, or if his grandfather was like there the, with him the entire he was time, the guide through. So it. he was talking to somebody because this book has has Danny just talking out loud. To the yeah. wind. This book is a good setup, though, for it. Because you have him with his grandfather, and mm-hmm. then he is talking to the gravestone. And right. he's telling you where he is in his life. Yeah, he and talks that he to misses his grandfather. And then this story is the fact that he doesn't need his grandfather. He is that adventurer. Like, <laughs> this is a Disney movie. This is that thing where you think it's one thing in the beginning, but that character is then going to grow and learn and be that adventurer. I'm saying that the woman in the mirror, the woman in the... Is there a name for her? Miss? It's like... Uh, Madame, Madame Leota. Madame Leota. If she, like, showed up in the mirror at, at the house and said, your grandfather's there with you, he can hear you. Like, and then he's talking to his grandfather, at least, instead of just to the wind, just to us, the audience, I think it would feel a little bit better, but because he, I'm reading these panels, and I'm like... You're looking at a difference between a little V going away from his mouth, or a thought bubble. Yeah. I and would, that's the thing. I would rather have a thought bubble. It's the same thing. It's, yeah. hey, I'm cracking into my grandfather's thing. I never I've, thought I I've, would do this. I, you know, exactly. It but comes off the, crazy, it comes off cheesy, and... And, and lackluster. See, I read it uh, as... See, Go ahead, Chris. I, w- I would like to see some sort of ghost or something accompanying him. Um, mm-hmm. And when you even said, like, an animal companion, mm-hmm. that just sparked in my mind, like, in the actual Haunted Mansion attraction, there's uh, ravens across the ride. Um, mm-hmm. They were originally supposed to be the narrator, like kind of taking you through the story, but then they abandon that to have the ghost host. So at various points on the ride, like you can see like Ravens perched on top of things. One's actually in the seance room with Madame Leota. One's at the very beginning where you see the like corpse trying to escape from the, the coffin, which you actually see in the book here. Mm-hmm. So I think if you even just had, had that in there, yeah, it would. But you, it would work. You do see it, those ravens in all those parts. You see the raven as soon as right before he's about to enter it. You see the raven. It might be a chair with a raven on it, but those ravens are there. But he's got that band going with him towards mm-hmm. the book, and you don't want. I mean, half of this book it is says him. A band, I'm saying that I'd rather have the grandfather there, kind of like. Spiritual. But the story is him saving his grandfather, yeah, getting him to escape. So his grandfather, he and his grandfather are, you know, like working together to defeat this monster. But that could be the end of the book. Mm-hmm. He's on his road to find his grandfather and save him. Okay, at the very end of the book, there's a hatchet-wheeling person. Is that the captain, or is that the corpse bride? No, that's going to be, um... This is the head of the horseman. Chris? What? Who is he? Let so are know. you talking about the person holding the hatchet? Yeah, or... yeah. Um, that's actually, it looks like it's going to be the bride. Yeah, uh, I thought so. From the actual attraction, because they do make mention of her in, like, mm-hmm. one of the first three panels where... You, you do see her in the ride too, but yeah, she's uh, her name actually is Constance Hatchaway. Yep, 
Uh, and she's like the black widow bride who beheads all of her husbands on the wedding night. Um, and also that other ghost that you're seeing there looks like it might wind up being the Hatbox ghost. Who's kind of one of the more famous ghosts from the attraction who hasn't really been in it too much. Hmm. Um, you can see him in the Disneyland version of Haunted Mansion, but he's not in the Disney world one, but it was a ghost who was actually carrying a giant hat box. And as you were like going past him, his head was supposed to disappear from his shoulders and then appear in the box next to him that he was holding. As one of the husbands? Uh, well, it was just like a ghost on his own. Oh, okay. Like, it was kind of like just a cool effect that they wanted to bring in, but they couldn't get it down right with the technology at the time. So the fact that he has his head cut off in the comic book here makes me think this is going to be uh, the Hatbox Ghost kind of becoming one of the main characters in this book. So maybe you'll see him palling around with Danny. I don't know. There's too much to project in this issue i think this is a ah, great project. i think this is a great start mm-hmm. it captured me right away i being someone who you know had just ridden the ride a few months ago and kind of like took it all in ready for it and the connection with the grandfather like really locked me in on this and with the kid and knowing in a disney movie kind of way like this is that kid's growing up point this is mm. that kid not being coming a, of age not being the coward anymore this is a kid becoming his grandfather the adventurer locked it in and even that grandfather being like you got talents and you don't even know it like yeah you're too you're smarter than i was at 15 i wish i was this smart at 15 it, those are all things that this kid is going to be using those in that with somebody who loves a ride. Like, I enjoyed all those little tags that I saw. And it did was like, oh, okay, this is this is that ride. He goes into that room. The, the paintings get long. Mm-hmm. It didn't take me out of it because I'm reading a Haunted Mansion comic book. Yeah. That's what I want to see in those. And they captured that in the first bit. They gave me the point of where this book is going to go. And I'm ready to follow it. He... the. The last panel is the kid walking down a hallway in the mansion with those musical mm-hmm. instruments of the ghost playing them next to him. Yep. Okay. Let's go. Issue two. Thumbs up. I'm ready to read it. This is. I felt the same way after reading Seekers of the Weird as I did with this. Wow. I can't wait for issue two. See, that's that's good. Um, mm-hmm. I thought. I mean, I don't want to sound too negative about it because i did enjoy it i'm looking forward to number two in the rest of the series i still like this more than big, big thunder, thunder mountain, mountain. Mm-hmm. how about but uh I, the I, the one book before big before kingdoms became kingdoms because i think you were mo- space more, mountain space mountain i think you were more sold on space mountain than either john or i well, as well no i i wasn't sold on space mountain i i think it had because you, you don't like I that think, ride either. <laughs> no, but I think having Brian Miller uh, write it. I mean, I loved him on Batgirl. I liked the story. I like what they could have done with the book. That, having Kelly Jones on art, though, it just yeah, it was way too jarring. It did not fit the story at all. Burger King's Cake, Burger King Cake Club. <laughs> and honestly, I I think if we had had a different artist on that book, that might have been part of the Disney Kingdoms line. I think. They did not want to put that out 
at Marvel and have it be something to stand alongside the rest of the stuff that they were working on mm-hmm. just because the quality wasn't there. And that that's that's sad to say because Space Mountain is one of the big Disney attractions. You know, it's it's something that people love. I think having a comic book to tie into it would be a no-brainer, but no matter what, even if it wasn't tied into a Disney attraction on its own, I think I would come out of that comic book with the same same stance on it. Good idea. The writing was okay. Artwork tore it down. Okay. Big Thunder Mountain, I love that attraction. The comic book might not have been the best thing, but I can still look back at it and be like, well, you know what? It was an okay Western book. Yeah. Mm. And Dennis Loveless um, has done a lot of Western books, though. And he, he wrote that book, and it's he did a... Uh, He's on Spider Woman right now. Yeah, he's on like, Spider. And we like Dennis Loveless. And yeah, we like Dennis Loveless. His, uh, Dennis Hopeless. Loveless was the Hopeless, Western book. Not that he Loveless. Did. Oh, Loveless is the book. Hopeless is his name. Oh my goodness. But all the Nesses. I would put this third on my list of the Disney Kingdom books. I mean, Secrets of the Weird definitely Number my one. favorite, and then Figment was a lot of fun after that. Figment but. was was good. Figment or um, Secrets of the Weird number one. So far. Yeah. It was so good. But there was so many great ideas, and they had to pull everything back to make six issues. Mm -hmm. I wish they had just let them go, because then I think it would have been a better book not having Mm -hmm. to rope them in at six issues. Because that first two issues were, like, so big, so bold, and then all of a sudden it had to tie up. up. Let's rope it all in. And I think that was the only problem with that book. Figment yeah. was so out there that it could get brought back in, and then it's the only one that's had a sequel. Like, yeah. it easily was able to do a sequel with that book. Uh, and, yeah, like, this one, I feel the same I did about issue one of Secrets of the Weird, issue one of Figment, and this. The only book I feel like doesn't fit into this is the big thunder mountain because it's the only book that i didn't go i want to read issue two mm-hmm. yeah and like i said it, if you read it just as like oh it's a western like it's not bad all right i think if you try to hold it up to everything else that we saw with secrets of the weird or figment then yeah it's a little bit more lackluster and i mean honestly the only reason i kept buying it was because it was that disney kingdom's book I just want a Jungle Cruise Disney Kingdom book so bad. <laughs> I, I think that's in the cards. Just, just with... a pun-laden book filled with very cute girls. Because <laughs> that's what I love. Honestly, that's what I love about the Jungle Cruise. Uh, it's the, uh, a cute skipper telling puns. That's the one thing I don't I like. I fall about. in love with that skipper each and every time. That's the one thing I don't like about that ride, because you look over and Paul's got a massive <laughs> boner the whole ride through. <laughs> Do we want to do power rankings for books from this week? Yes. Well, do you want to go first? I guess you, so. You because, chance. because I was like, yes. Yes. I, I would have to go Black Widow number one. Number one. Mockingbird yep. number two. Yep. Uh, Baker Strip Eculars number three. And number four, Haunted Mansion. Wow. Number one, Black Widow. I think, no doubt. Uh, number two, Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Number three, Mockingbird. Number four, Peculiars. Um, just on on first issues alone, Black Widow number one, 
Mockingbird number two, Haunted Mansion number three, Baker Street number four. Um, for how I would actually like read the books, like to continue to purchase them as ongoings, I'd you, say probably like Haunted Mansion number one. Haunted Mansion because I know I'll finish it. Uh, then Black Widow, then Mockingbird, then Baker Street. That is your favorite ride, though. You have it a is. sticker I, on your car saying you're the Doom Buggy. Is His your other phone vehicle? Case is uh, a haunted mansion. <laughs> you yeah. merchandised I, the I hell actually, out of that ride. I bought a uh, a Magic Band instead of just using like the my park pass to get in and out uh, that I synced up, which is a haunted mansion themed one. <laughs> it's I love it. Like, nerd. Yeah, Paul's a nerd too, though. We didn't even get to call him out on it. Uh-huh. I, love, I, I love being that. Happened that happened off mic. When you talk about reading, I love like reading footballs. And yes, well, we might get into that later. Who knows? In a different, weird offshoot. But if you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you guys get involved. We love your comments. Uh, we love your ratings and reviews. You can rate us and review us over at the iTunes because iTunes does dominate the podcast podcatcher like medium. Uh, just rate us a re- and review us. You can find us at bagandboard.com. Uh, to find all of our episodes and random talks. And where else can they find us? Facebook, Twitter, at Bagnan Board. Um, or email, uh, oh, contact yeah. at com or individually, Chris John, or Paul at com. We might be changing that email box, you know, sometime soon so I can stop paying for it because it's the only thing I'm paying for right now for the website outside of, you know, producer Scott. Uh, so maybe hey, that, we'll change that up. That's that okay. Sense. And you can hear me every week over on my other podcast, Parks and Rec, where I talk about all kinds of Disney stuff with super friend of the Bag Broadcast, my friend Janet. Uh, and you can also hear me every other week over on uh, Horror Movie Massacre, where we talk about horror movies, and you hear me rant and rave about everything I hate about a particular horror movie. You're the Paul of that podcast. I am. But I, <laughs> I do it in a funny way. I try. I'm just not funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next week, keep on listening, keep on reading, and keep on loving us. Mm-hmm.